I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, the podcast that this week is finally receiving its PS5 Remastered Edition, which promises shorter load times, high-res audio, and bleeding-edge hot takes. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me are... James Hunt, Reese Williamson, and Josh Barton. Josh, hi, thanks for uh, joining us on Cinematic Universe. Um, Hey, thanks for having me. Listeners, Josh is the host of the Till Death Do Us Press Start podcast, uh, which is about video games um and uh, josh let's use that as a seamless segue uh for you to (laughs) tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why we've got you on this particular episode uh so i am by day a just to stick to the kind of superhero-esque themes which i'm led to believe you're all on authority on um by day i am a uh, a video game design lecturer um and by night i well some nights i am a podcasterer um so um that is why i'm here today i'm here to i'm basically i'm professor video games i, I should i'm just going to come out and, and tell it's only the it's only the three of you hearing this so i can reveal my true identity here um so i'm here to lend my uh expert um opinions can you authoritative like, i like yeah it. authoritative that sounds much better than 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 what i said um about the spider-man games for the ps4 slash 5 yeah, um, I'm I'm very excited to have you here, not least because I found myself becoming increasingly anxious throughout today, thinking, I don't know what I'm going to say about these games. You don't know anything <laughs> about James uh, about games, Joe. You're not you're not even good at them. You can barely com- <laughs> you can barely complete them. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you do suck at games. So yeah, I yeah. And I was, I was I was I was uh, normally I don't uh, normally I'm just like you know we turn up at the record we see where the conversation takes us. I was like. James Reese, what topics are we going to talk about for this? Well, how we, what do we? Um, so I, I, I am going to need you to educate me as I go through this. And well, um, the one, th- the one thing I will say is that I think it's probably better to not be good at games because oh. then you're just known as the good games person. And do you really want that that label? I, I have been good, actually good at one video game in my life, and that was Mario Kart Double Dash for the uh, GameCube, and. Um, I could not be beaten on the All-Star Cup. Like, you might get me. You might occasionally take me down on one of the... A little bit of Baby Park action, maybe? Oh, I I mean, I beat the Ghosts on Baby Park, on the time trials. I was just, uh, like, uh, rubbish at all the other Mario Karts. All of them. Um, (laughs) Any other driving game, I'm terrible at. Um, 
sports games I can sometimes be all right at until I play something that's actually good. Um, so, um, yeah, Mario Kart Double Dash, but apart from that, nothing. All right, so we're drawing a line between Mario Kart Double Dash and Spider-Man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concoct some links here that, so that we can tap into your own uh, particular <laughs> brand of video game authority as well. Brilliant. Excellent. I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, so, yes, listeners, today we will be discussing um, Insomniac's 2018 and 2020 games, Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, and the the various content associated with both of those games. Because I'm not sure if you know this, guys, but you, you can pay more and they give you more now. <laughs> in in the old days, they had to give you the whole game up front. Because <laughs> they, like they used that. to, they'd weave it in front of you. And you had to wait, and there was a yeah. steam engine. It just, it's a whole thing yeah. now, yeah. They just, you just uh... bought a box and all the counters were inside. <laughs> oh, my God. Now it's all bits and bits and bloops, isn't it, guys? Bloops and bleeps. <laughs> so um, yeah, Josh, that's that's a that's a, a peek into my video game route. I just can't. I, I'm not going to spend more money. <laughs> Pokemon Go. I quite like Pokemon Go as well. Bought any Poker Coins recently? No, try not to. Really try not to. <laughs> Maybe spend seventy nine p every three or four months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, take, time research. Mm. take that, Niantic. Uh, <laughs> anyway, before any of this. <laughs> before any of that, I'd like to ask James to explain a comic book concept that I just don't understand. Um, <laughs> and uh, as is becoming um, increasingly the case, I'm le- learning about this for the first time as I'm reading it on the document that Reese has written for me. James, what's up with this new Batman-themed restaurant in Soho? Why? <laughs> it's not in Soho. And, and where is Batman? <laughs> It's off. It's off Hyde Park. It's off Park Road. Oh, oh it's okay. all Soho. It's all Soho. It is, you go north. It's not Soho. Uh, <laughs> it's is Westminster. It, is it Westminster? It is Westminster at least. It is Westminster. Okay. But it's not right. Soho. Um, they they've opened a fine dining restaurant off Park Road. Can I ask yeah. a question about this now that I have this? The two facts then that is Batman and fine dining. Is it the big long table from the first Batman movie that he sits at with different events? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been in this room before because if it was just me and another random person, like it's the <laughs> Maria Abramovich installation art where I just stare at someone while I eat very slowly, I could be into that. I mean, that would be a better version of what this is, which is a sort of, it's loosely themed around the idea that it is a restaurant in Gotham. Okay, but it doesn't <laughs> seem to openly reference Batman in any way. So it has like <laughs> that's every restaurant. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> every Wait, restaurant is just like that. Who, who was who was open this restaurant? Like someone affiliated with yes, DC? Or... Oh yeah, it's DC all licensed. Link. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's licensed, but they're not actually using the character yeah, that they I have think, the license to. I think they're worried it will appear childish. <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, guys, but my, the dinner I had tonight was Batman themed. What, what was it? It was just like rice and stuff, but it was it was. <laughs> but I was but when I was eating it, I was like I was having like the food <laughs> an inmate in Arkham Asylum might eat. <laughs> Had on yeah, a metal that's... tray and everything. I mean, if do you, you cook that yourself, you could just cook. You could cook better food, Josh. That's that's on you, man. That you didn't have to do that. <laughs> Does it eat prison food tonight? <laughs> no, you can make better choices. Is is it open all day? Can I get breakfast there, or is it just for dinner, 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 dinner? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it was great being a guest on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> podcast has been cancelled. It, it has not um, 
it has not lent into that type of penury. Right, as it's I understand a, it. It's if like I, a, if like I have to choose, like yeah, that's what I was going to say. If I if I have to choose, should I be wasting my money on the Batman restaurant or the Salt Bay restaurant? <laughs> I think we all definitely, know we... definitely Salt Bay. No, I, I think that so that this I put uh, uh, I put this in. Well, I write the script, so I put this in because genuinely, I've been. It's my birthday in a couple of weeks, and I was thinking about no <laughs> for my birthday in London. I live in London, and for, and then at work because somebody you know, so I work in the hospitality industry, and somebody had, had I'd never heard of it. Someone references references this place, and for a, for a, for a split second, I did consider going there for my birthday no. meal because there's one of the room one of the rooms which is a cool room it's like it's like you're sitting a lot a lot on down a long table like the first batman movie but then there are like screens on the walls and on the ceiling and you you like get food alongside some kind of gotham themed but, but so crucially without any batman or other characters right, in right it. but this is like, this is what i'm still struggling thing. to get my head around what does gotham themed mean is the supervillain going to come in and destroy my meal like what's it, it references uh gotham landmarks like the famous three bridges of gotham oh yeah <laughs> well, all right okay what's on the menu then is it like night chicken wings uh... <laughs> No, no. So here's Grace Dent has been and reviewed it recently. Um, the photograph there is of a citrus cured salmon with a fingernail sized portion of caviar. What are we doing? Well, I've Which got, character I've got, is this supposed to evoke? I've got the menu, I've got the menu up here. So um, uh, there are such starters as Mulligatawny soup, which is may, that's maybe a character. Oh, no, that's, oh, that's got a thing above it that says Master Wayne recommends the Mulligatawny <laughs> soup. Eight Again, pounds. Could you say that about everything? Uh, no, Christ on a metal tray, Master Wayne. <laughs> uh, Castle Wayne hand dyed uh, scallops. There's the the sharing plates are called Taste of Gotham. So you have a Gotham City Harbour platter for um, eighty two pounds. Fine, sure. So I guess it's it's expensive. Um, and then it's just the oh the Joker fish for nineteen pounds, which is just haddock <laughs> by the looks of things. Um... The haddock is literally the least funny fish I can think of. <laughs> At least choose like uh, a even funny a one with fish. a fun name or something, like a, a like a gurnard. That's quite a funny name, isn't it? <laughs> Commissioner Gurnard. There you go. They oh, could have done better. <laughs> so it's this weird fucking thing, and there's there's like a, a sort of a Pennyworth speakeasy sidebar. The Monarch Theatre. You can watch the you can watch Zorro at the Monarch Theatre. But again, can you actually watch Zorro? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no. But there's no Batman. There's no Batman. There's no Batman. Wait, the Batman is not in this. Ray Al Gulash. Ray Al Gulash. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Stupid, dumb, but cool. But I, and I want to go. Fuck, they have got me. They've got personally. They have got me. They seem to have hooked me. I just, I just want to pick out one phrase from Grace Dent's review. She says the staff were dignitas level unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> It tells you what sort of outfit they're running there. Oh, dear. <laughs> We're probably not going to go. Not this year. We'll wait until it's, you Do know. Do they have to wear outfits? I mean, is there some kind of, is there an explanation <laughs> for that? They're like, they all have to wear kind of 60s era Robin outfits. Or... <laughs> no, because it's not, it's no Batman is anywhere. Oh, yeah, that's what, right. That's was... what sucks. But that would I, be would, I think I would go if a, a PR agency paid me to go, but then I would steadfastly refuse to tweet about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, shall we move on to this week's comic book movie and TV news? Um, 
Uh, let's start off with uh, talking briefly about Hawkeye, uh, which has debuted on Disney Plus since our last episode. Um, listeners, Patreon plug if you want to hear James and I talking about it on a weekly basis. And also about the uh, Fraction and Aya um, comic book series that it is taking loose inspiration from. Um, then, uh, yeah, subscribe to our Patreon. You can hear that. Um, Josh, are you uh, are you would you would disney plus marvel person have you have you watched any of these series are you watching hawkeye um i I haven't i have to admit that my um my connection to disney plus is mostly watching through all of bluey with my three years okay uh... this is now a bluey segment (laughs) (laughs) bluey cast let's go um i really i really really i'm being serious i really enjoyed an episode recently that i saw where bluey's on holiday and oh, the, the Jean-Pierre episode. Oh, Jean-Pierre! That episode oh. made my wife cry. Yeah, I teared up at the end because there's, yeah. there's like a flash forward to when yeah. Bluey's older. Just see Bluey older, you're like, oh man, she's, you just know she's going to grow well, up. Well, now I'm like, okay, where's you know, the... Dad's going to be so proud of her. Where's the teenage Bluey toy, though, now? I mean, oh. oh, yeah. The toys, the toys. So, yeah, I mean, much, much like the Marvel um, Cinematic and Television Universe... There is a lot of <laughs> merchandise surrounding it, so, there's, so there's, there's your connection there. But um, I am not currently plugged into a lot of the. No. Uh, so there you go. We, we're, tra- we're trading off our anxieties about our lack of knowledge of things, which is I've come on this comic book uh, <laughs> podcast, and um, I'm like, this the guy. Are you the- um? Hey, listen, uh, his name's Clint Barton. My name's Barton. There you go. There there's we something. go. There we are. There is a connection. <laughs> are you? Are you? Uh, do, do you watch the MCU movies? Are you here and there? Yeah. I mean, I. I, I Actually, the last thing that I watched was Into the Spider-Verse, which we'll, we'll probably loop back around to later on, I'm sure, which I mm. thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, well, you know, not strictly part of the uh, of the of the MCU, I guess. but um, kind, kind of is extended if you, yeah, you want to be weird cynically enough now. Yeah, yeah like um, I'm trying to think what I what the, I think the last few things I've watched have been Spider-Man, Spider, Spider-Man, Spider-Man oriented. Um, yeah. I watched Venom at some point, too, and that was a chortle. Um, so <laughs> that's a good adjective to describe the Venom movies. <laughs> Accurate, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, like here and there, like just just kind of, I I fully intend to just pick through things as they kind of interest me. Um, yeah. Well, so that's what I was yeah. going to ask. Is it, 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 as someone who is not super steeped in it, mm. is there anything about on the surface a Hawkeye show that would make you want to watch? His name's Clint Barton. My name's Barton. Like, <laughs> you know, that, I think okay. that's the pure. You just want to see your name in light. Kid. Okay, look, my, my my deepest connection to Hawkeye is that I would often play him in the Data West Captain America in the Avengers arcade game, which is a fantastic <laughs> game. You came here to die. That was very um, good. So, yeah, that's... I, I, have, I have a weirdly fond connection to... Vision, Hawkeye, Captain America, and Iron Man in the kind of pre uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe being cool state. Like I kind of like yeah, when they were all yeah. uncool. I kind of, of I kind of like uncool cool. Avengers. Like yeah. there's a there's a there's a space in my heart for for them. So yeah, that, there's a Steve connection. There. Um, uh, the reason I ask is because the, the and this is this is unofficial data, but some of the tracking that goes on from outside Disney companies about how many people are tuning in to watch shows. Um, you know, Lo- uh, Loki, when it came out, was re- reported to be this, you know, massive smash hit. And apparently Hawkeye is the lowest rated of the Disney Plus shows so far. Um, 
I, I guess that kind of makes sense because Hawkeye is a character that, whilst he's been in those MCU movies, has rarely stood out. People don't tend to like him, so why would you tune in to a series <laughs> about him unless you are massively, massively into the character? It, it seems to me, from my from my uneducated uh, point of view, that the, the kind of supporting characters, and unless you're doing something like... Um, WandaVision or something which is trying to be tonally different in some way that there's not a lot of immediate interest in things right like the um I'm trying to think what was the last one the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Falcon that sort of thing Soldier, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My take is that anyone who has watched uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki might be going ah you know that was enough it's <laughs> <laughs> enough yeah I, yeah I'm with James I think I think the and again it, you know it's hard to it is kind of hard to gauge what the real people think of this, but, you know, I wonder whether the quality, the post division quality dip, at least in all of our views, quite significant. Just, just it, you know, you start to, it's just dulling interest in the next one. And that's, you see that with, you know, you see that with movie releases, right? They, you can have, uh, like, I look at um, Skyfall Inspector, right? Spectre's huge, humongous, but bad. And it doesn't really matter that it's bad because Skyfall was so good and people go to the next one. But, you know, if you if you make stuff that's getting worse or that people aren't enjoying... You make enough you, bad stuff in a row, it will start sure. to... Which yeah. interesting, yeah, it, seems to of... that, it seems to me that the Star Wars stuff is kind of going in the opposite direction. Is There's, there's like a gaining interest after it, it was stinky for a long time. Sure. No, The Mandalorian is almost single... And John Favreau and Dave Filoni are almost yeah. like single-handedly sort of getting people excited for new Star Wars shit. And that is that is impressive. And Marvel... I'm not saying Marvel are not doing that. I think it's too early to say, and, you know, that's that's not a fair point to make. But I do think with the TV stuff, you know, looking at the TV stuff, I, I'm less excited, and we'll get to it, I'm less excited about next year's shows yeah. than I was, I don't know, <clears throat> three months ago when they were announced because we've had bought, we've had just sort of boring stuff in between that and makes you wonder how how these guys, if these guys are good at making TV. You know? I do wonder if there's a parallel with Star Wars as well, that what they found out when they started making a Star Wars movie a year was <laughs> people who liked Star Wars didn't want a Star Wars movie a year. That was too much Star Wars. And I do wonder whether, you know, even people who like Marvel, and I, you know, I do wonder this to an extent, is there too much Marvel? Like, you know, obviously it'd be it'd be great to pick and choose and go, all right, this year, maybe if you just made one division, what mm. if and Hawkeye, that would have been a better idea. Um but you know, this- we're gonna we we're, we are gonna be getting to the point where there, there are you know, four movies and six to eight TV shows per year just in the MCU. I'm a, I read this really good piece on The Verge just before the start, like two weeks before WandaVision started. And the piece was basically saying from from the start of WandaVision, they, there won't ever, there won't be off weeks of MCU stuff. It'll just be like MCU constant. And that includes all of the hype cycles for both the TV shows and the movies, the, the trailer releases. It's And I just wonder whether that is... Yeah, we saw in the summer, didn't that, we, that they that were like, teams, dodging, you know? they were dodging... It's kind of a clockwork orange-esque, like, just get my (laughs) eyes open and put it into my brain. But they were, you know, they literally were, like, having to schedule, move the release date of a movie so it didn't clash with the Mm. final episode of a TV series. Mm -hmm. Just, and that's, and that's not, you know, that's not that people can't watch both in a day. It's, you want 
the day of buzz for the one thing. <laughs> I wonder as well is like I, I don't know if there's like some wider social aspect to this as well but i just wonder if just generally since the beginning of the pandemic whether people are just saturated with like the tv format in general just like just continually having access and and you know like watching stuff in this particular format and i guess with the mcu stuff as well if you compare what you're used to seeing these characters in especially characters like hawkeye which is you know in a in a big avengers big sexy avengers movie and you know like endgame or something like that and then what you're comparing that to with that character is the TV show, which is significantly less kind of epic. <laughs> I think there's maybe there's an expectation for things to always ramp up. I don't, I don't know. Like maybe there's some other stuff happening there as well. It, there's, there's also, you know, the interesting phenomena of um, certainly in this country, I'm not sure if that's the case all around the world, but certainly this country, box office receipts are like hitting record levels for October, November. Yeah, uh, because that's audi- audiences are returning to the cinema, and yeah, maybe maybe if you've got your choice between, you know, my my big blockbuster entertainment, I actually am going to go out to the cinema and watch James Bond or the Eternals or the Matrix. Then that you know that's the more exciting thing compared to Hawkeye after course- ma- after maybe yeah getting burnt on some of the other stuff. I mean, also, isn't isn't Hawkeye's role in the Avengers sort of to humanize uh, like that whole crew, right? Like, is he exciting by himself in a way that warrants? He's got well, a sidekick in yeah, this that's one. well, that that I think, yeah, that's that's kind <laughs> of built into the premise of the series. As no, he isn't, and he's kind of the supporting character in his own series, in 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 in, in a deliberate way. Um. I, I'm quite enjoying it. We, James and I have covered, um, at the time of recording, we've covered the first two episodes. And I think both of us were kind of like, huh, it, it's it's solid, it's okay, it's enjoyable enough. It's It does feel a bit fillery at times, and I thought episode two was a bit of a whiff. But I just watched episode three today, and it was my favourite so far. And um, I, I still think, for me, you know, it's not it's not like... Nothing since One Division has felt like urgent appointment viewing television for me. Um, no. But th- like I've, I am, I am enjoying this. Um, I, I'm finding it for like, me, quite easy watching TV. For me, I'm still I'm watching these Netflix, uh, these Disney Plus shows, and going like, oh, they're not going to be better than the Netflix ones. Like obviously, One Division was because they were trying something really aesthetically coherent with it, whereas. What's happened since then is just sort of the same kind of stuff, just with bigger name actors. And again, those those Netflix shows had the same drop off, which is that the first seasons like really came in strong, and everyone was really hoped for them. And most of them were bad, and then people stopped watching. Yeah, I just wonder um, as well if the the you know the the one of the things to go back to Star Wars for a second is that they a lot of the kind of shows that they're pitching and i know this isn't the case for all of them are kind of very much like fringe aspects of the universe that are being built upon whereas like all the marvel stuff is like you know and i'm not saying go back to like agents of shield or something like that but like (laughs) um they're very much like these are the main characters and we're spinning stuff off from them so i i wonder if the the more interesting stuff ends up happening in the kind of fringe bits of the the universe when those things eventually make their way to tv shows could be um 
since we last recorded, uh, resaluted this to this already. We had a Disney Plus Day, um, where a bunch a bunch of previously announced titles were kind of reannounced. And what I thought was interesting was um, the way a lot of them were furiously reported on as if it was new news. And you're going, mm-hmm. oh, that that is a, I guess, I guess when you're when your strategy is to go look at this massive dump of content we're making, um, then an interesting strategy is just to repeat it again in smaller chunks and see if people <laughs> notice it all the second time. One of the new stories seems to work. One of the news stories I included in in this in this link bundle that I send almost as a piss take because it was the it was secret invasion. I think the headline was like secret invasion first look, and I thought, oh, I don't think I watched that two weeks ago. Well, I must have missed it. And you click it, and it's like it's just. It's oh, well, there's no trailer. There's a, there's a picture of Nick Fury, and you look at the picture, and it's like, oh, that's Nick Fury, and that's it. That's the yeah. that is the entirety of the the news content of the of the Secret Invasion Disney Plus Day drop, and of that news piece. And really, did doesn't feel like it needed its own its own. Yeah, really so they they mostly, uh, as I say, reiterated a bunch of series that we knew about or that had been reported on already. Uh, it was interesting as well that it seemed like the. The stuff they were reporting was getting gazumped by the trades, uh, like you know, an hour before they were, they announced each thing. Um, but I, it's a, so we'll we'll zip through this and see whether this is of any interest. They released a, a bit of footage of Ms. Marvel, which I think we have to assume is the is the next Disney Plus or the first Disney Plus show next year. Um, I'm still on board for Ms. Marvel. That's I'm quite excited about that one. What about you guys? I'm interested to see how they introduce a character on tv then transition her into the movies yeah especially a major character right because it yeah, does that, like... that for me is the interesting thing about this show because that seems like it's going to be their model moving forward um and if they can't make it work with miss marvel it suggests bigger uh, hitting the brakes on that idea i didn't yeah. love the costume um and the effects i think thought looked a bit ropey i don't you know they've they, they have definitely changed the, that costume and that's quite. That's one of your. That's one of your most recent, sort of new and straight and straight into the the iconography costumes. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure they should have changed it. Oh, but but hell, maybe we're seeing sort of some episode four version of it. And by episode yeah. six, she looks more because they they don't they don't tend to do that, do they? She's she's got like a the, the image I'm looking at. She's got like a like almost like a fan helmet of Carol. It looks like she's wearing like a Carol Danvers fan costume rather than her own yeah, thing. Yeah. Interestingly, um, they, the the Avengers game took that exact take and used um, um, yes. Miss Marvel as the kind of in for the for the mm. single player content in that, and that was she was the only thing people really liked about that game overall. So it bodes <laughs> well for the for the show and the movies, I guess. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a pretty similar representation of that character as well, from what I understand. Mm. Yeah, so I, I am still looking forward to that series. Um, as James mentioned, Secret Invasion was reiterated. Uh, Nick Fury's coming back. I don't think we got a huge He's amount. He's got a beard. Sure. <laughs> it's a great um, beard now. Sure. <laughs> um, apparently, um, Samuel L. Jackson has a hair guy on every movie. <laughs> he has his own hair he guy. And, like, he, he, consults he doesn't have his own hair. hair. <laughs> so he consults the hair guy on what's the luck going to be for this character in this movie. Uh, I think. Okay. Um, uh, this might be apocryphal, but this is certainly my my memory of it. And so, like, yeah, he's probably got the hair guy going right. Okay, 
what we're going to do with this beard. What we're going to do with this beard? Snakes in a mane. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that just leave that. that I just leave one. that there. <laughs> um, there was a little bit of She-Hulk footage in the preview stuff. Um, she's green. She's wearing like um, kind of the, uh, the the. I would say the the kind of defining. If it's not a costume that is being meticulously recreated from the page. Um, Marvel characters tend to look like they're wearing Under Armour. <laughs> yeah, and um, and that's what she, that's what she's wearing. I thought one of the, actually the more, the more interesting stuff from the She Hulk release was that the title is stylized as uh, she hyphen Hulk, as if it's pronouns. Um, yeah. Sorry, she she slash Hulk as if it's pronouns, which uh, you know it might yeah. I've always, I, I've said this for a long time, the, the idea of a character called She-Hulk when I was not into this kind of stuff, I was like, that just sounds like the worst kind of scraping the barrel. Like, like he's just, it's, a, yeah, <laughs> it's just a nonsense. Yeah, but it, it's like He-Man if there was a She-Man to begin with. <laughs> um, I, I just think it's a really dumb name and actually, you know, if, if that title treatment is anything to go by and they are doing maybe a bit of an exploration of gender in that show, that that might be interesting. Um, I think the I mean, highlight was... of the day was Moon Knight. <laughs> um, they released a bit of footage from Moon Knight where Oscar Isaac talks like, like this. <laughs> and That accent was extremely surprising. I, I think the the best guesses that anyone could make was that he was doing... South African, um, but really? if, if he's doing South African, yikes! Um, I wonder whether he's he's not all there, is he? Moon Knight. I wonder whether it is. Could this be like a split personality thing? Could this be like one of the James McAvoy voices from Split? <laughs> See that that to me seems likely. I can't imagine any other reason that voice would have been applied but, to that. But character. then why put that voice in the, in the first piece of marketing activity? <laughs> that is a good question and one I don't have an answer. Um, for. Can you do wonder with you do wonder with this one if they're you know I think because they just from that little clip they definitely are and the and the voice they're definitely steering into the kind of mark specter mental health issues of, of of it all with moonlight which kind of is the, that's kind of the character so it's kind of what you have to do but i do i mean that i wonder whether you know i'm not sure i give a disney plus show uh whether i'm 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 confident that they can deal with that like sort of contemporary like quite heavy tricky subject matter uh, in a in a in a way that befits befits the subject matter you know so i bold no. of them all for going this way but but again, if if the if the other stuff, if the kind of the you know Captain America's um, speech at the end of the Captain America and the Winter Soldier, if that's anything to go by of how this stuff's sort of tackling contemporary <laughs> hot button issues, like I I'm not sure. Are we gonna have are we gonna have um, Oscar Isaac like give a speech to like a mental hospital, you know, to a big group of assorted media at the end of the final episode? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I have a I have a uh, sideways. Uh, uh, trailer question or like uh, kind of more of a comment than a question really but like what's up with morbius because like that I, I i watched the trailer for that being like oh that's quite like a, a fringish character for kind of so i assume sony are doing that movie because it's a spider-man yeah, yeah. adjacent thing um it looks like a 90s movie and i don't know if i mean that in a good way 
I think that's just Sony's. Yeah, that's the, the vibe yeah. that they're leading into. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're just like, you know what people aren't making anymore? 90s movies. I, I kind of even get the impression, you know, that they've got this list of characters that they've got the IP for on the wall. And they invite in various A-list actors and say, who, who do you <laughs> How want... cheaply will you do this? Well, yeah. how cheaply will you do this? And who, who do you want to play? And Tom Hardy's gone, oh, that, I've got a weird idea for Venom. And then Jared Leto's gone. And he did. Oh, yeah. uh, what is the what is the smallest leap for me in real life? A vampire. I will play a, a human vampire. vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be amazing, and then we'll be like all talking about the Morbius themed restaurant in London in like a few years. It's time coming. It's coming. <laughs> all the drinks are red. <laughs> it's gonna happen. No, that's too much like blood. You, it has to that's just true. be adjacent. Yeah. It has to be a yeah. restaurant in the universe of Morbius. Yeah. Um, the next stuff that was announced, uh, something that was expected, but the Agatha Harkness is getting her own solo series or a split spin off from one division. Um, not sure if that's what I would have had as my top pick for where to see that character next, but obviously Catherine Hahn was great in that show. And apparently Jack Schaefer is going to be involved in, uh, in shepherding the show as well. So. You know, I think you, you've got to give that one the benefit of the doubt based on one division. Based okay. on one division, okay. If you insist, <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, if you're telling us we have to, then <laughs> you go, have as to. The, as the lord of this podcast, I guess I must accept my my fate. <laughs> um, they also uh, mentioned the Echo series, which uh, Echo is a character. Um, uh, who is being introduced in Hawkeye uh, currently. Um, and uh, I can't give you any hot takes on that. You've got to come behind the paywall and find our oh, Patreon. Oh, you <laughs> You beautiful teasing. Um, uh, they're, doing on, they're, they're opening up their own animation wing. There's going to be a, a full-on Marvel Zombies animated series, which, James, I think you predicted after the Marvel Zombies episode um, of What If?, yeah, I don't know if I predicted it. I definitely said I think James, it, take was, it. Just it take could it, work. Take the point from the Lord. Take the point. Yeah, that's that's what we predicted exactly <laughs> to the letter. And then they're also making a Spider-Man animated series called Freshman Year. I think is that right or something? Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man Which animated series in the, uh, fills, fills in... in the early years of the MCU. Peter Parker. So we're finally cool. going to see how Uncle Ben died. So like a pre <laughs> a prequel to the. The current trilogy, yeah, oh, I think that sounds terrible. <laughs> no, that sounds good. <laughs> and get to the get to the best announcement of the day next, please. Get to it, and that yeah, sounds really good. Come on, Joe, come on. We want to talk about it. Okay, um, they are reviving X Men the animated series. Um, it, you All know, right, this it, I can talk about. A, a, <laughs> a sequel to X Men the animated series going to Disney Plus. Um, Covered in scorpions over here. um oh cool this is cool this is a cool thing so we were having we were having a debate as all of the as all of the news items were hitting um hitting disney plus that day and there was some there was some stuff in like the other chain and i think one of the things that they were that that had been tweeted out was the rescue rangers revival and (laughs) someone commented you you didn't enjoy Rescue Rangers. You just remember the theme tune, and the, you've got the nostalgia uh, from that. Um, 
that is me with X-Men, the animated series, <laughs> oh, right? That, no, that is me. Come on. No, come on that's now. wrong. You're just wrong. You're just not I, I, I remember just, enjoying it. I remember liking the theme. Um, I, yeah. All right. There was no experience like watching the animated series having also read a bunch of the comics like in well, tandem yeah. and then and then and then like bishop shows up in the cartoon you're like what like they brought this character into the cut you're like oh, it's amazing that that experience of like having... that's that's what i amazing. wonder because for so many people uh you know i know that like that 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 was either you know their first experience of the x-men certainly their first experience of the x-men on screen and for a lot of them you know when characters did show back up in the live action stuff it was like Oh, it's Gambit, and I like Gambit because of X-Men, the animated series. Or, yeah, oh, Bishop's turned up in Days of Future Past. Um, I, I do wonder whether... So this is apparently tentatively titled X-Men 97. Uh, mm-hmm. will, will literally be a sequel to the original X-Men series. Are people get... Are, you know, it, is it going to have the same appeal now where pretty much all of these characters have made it to live action that that kind of novelty is gone and but this this is like the good this is like the good x-men rather than the bad x-men they made it they made it to live action badly this is this is the version you like to me this is the acknowledgement that they're bringing back an x-men thing that people actually want and it's a good (laughs) not to link this to video games but i'm going to because that's why i'm here which is that it's the sonic mania of um of of products right it's like okay we've done a lot of bad stuff before this is an acknowledgement that we know what the good stuff is and we're going to give you the good stuff and more good stuff will come yeah and in fairness the only other thing to come out of Marvel Animated Studios so far was What If, and that was really good. Um, I think it's fair to say that without the X-Men 92 cartoon, like, this podcast doesn't exist, because this was yeah. my way into superheroes <laughs> and to the X-Men. And by extension, like, people's way into the X-Men movies. I genuinely think mm-hmm. that the success of the X-Men cartoon is why that movie got made yeah. before you know anything else yeah my the x-men cartoon was my into comics mm-hmm. like can 100 percent. Can, can i pitch what i think i think this is a very smart move and it, i think it's quite craven and calculated because you know the, the animated show stop spider-man and, character <laughs> okay it's quite uh cunning that's half of my name <laughs> quite uh williamson um <laughs> this this it, it stopped airing in 97 right you have had probably like five X-Men comics published every single week for the past 25 years after that show stops airing. You've got the X-Men, you know, getting introduced in some way into the, into the proper MCU in the coming years. Now, I think what this ought to be, maybe what it is, is it's, it's not MCU, it's not canon, so it's sort of this continuing the canon of that series, but they can basically just go and adapt you know any and all of the interesting x-men um uh, stories from the comics that have happened over the last 25 years and they should yeah both of them and then <laughs> yeah krakoa <laughs> and grant morrison uh, <laughs> and they and then they can sort of do and then they can let that be the r&d for how some of these characters can can work and connect as a sort of a half adaptation i think then that can that can fuel into future actual live action movies kind of in the same way that the dark phoenix saga being such a you know, relatively big deal in the animated series is, this is James' point, is part of the reason I think that it ended up getting adapted fucking twice for the, you know, for the movies. So they <laughs> can sort of, they have an opportunity to do, to have that same pipeline 
happen again right now. And what you've just said is something that we talked about when What If was coming out as well, that What If does also feel like it is a bit of an R&D machine in mm-hmm. and of itself. I, I've got to say that I, I think that the only way that this series is getting made is if X-Men, the animated series, which currently sits on Disney+, Plus, has been rewatched by a lot of people. It must, it must have done good numbers for, you know... Archive content essentially on Disney Plus. It must have mm-hmm. done sufficient numbers that they've gone. The interest is there to make a new series. You know, because they could have just announced we're making new, we're making a new X Men animated series and done all of the stuff you just said, Jane uh, Reese. But you know, it not being a sequel to this. But I think the reason it's a sequel to this is people are obviously watching it on Disney+. Plus. Well, but the the elegance with this is that if you just created a new X-Men they series... They don't you'd care have to... about elegance. <laughs> you have to you have to create a new canon, which, which which you know, let's say three years before you introduce the X-Men into your current, into your existing canon. Whereas actually this, it's just, it's sort of that, it's, a, again, I'll use that word again, Joseph, elegant. You get to, <laughs> you get to adapt things, like I said, for Andy purposes. You don't have to do all the fucking work of creating a new canon um i think it's i'll use it a third time joe i think it's elegant and i'm here for it <laughs> and james my question to you is what would be your what's the number one storyline you'd like to see adapted into into this cartoon ah that's a good it's question onslaught, james it's onslaught it's onslaught it's onslaught onslaught is pitched perfectly for this ca- for like the level of the cartoon yeah. show yeah like big threat yeah reasonably you know a load of nonsense easy to tell a story you can bring in other mcu characters if you can yeah. that would be wild that would be a great finale for yeah. 97 yeah i really think we'll see the krakoa stuff in this that's i'm gonna make a bold statement i think, I think the krakoa stuff season. apart from being unfinished because it's currently happening i think is a bit too bold for x-men 97 grant morrison stuff i can see that coming i can definitely no, see them too, doing you know too grown up, wild sentinels that? and cassandra nova and but, stuff <laughs> i think one of the things about the x-men cartoon originally why it was so well received is because it was kind of grown up like yeah for for a show it, you know the, the fact that like a kid show is dealing with like relation like trysts and like you know unrequited <laughs> love and like wolverine stroking that photo <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it didn't like talk down to you, which, which is they used, think, right? They used that image to promote this. They <laughs> yeah, made, yeah. They, they made a toy of it. Like, yeah. you know, like lean into the memes. Um, Iconic. But yeah, that, that's one of my overwhelming memories of watching it was that it was like, oh, this is a show that kind of acknowledges me as someone who's into like, you know, science fiction and mm. the themes that come with that, but also like the human themes of that stuff. And the best stuff about X-Men is always the like familial relationships between them and the way that mm-hmm. stuff kind of plays out. And the show did that stuff and it didn't pull its punches in terms of yeah, getting across crucially, the audience. Crucially, that was the thing the movies lacked. Like, yeah. As good as the movies were at times, they never really got the same. Yeah, I think the second X2 did a little bit of that stuff, kind of the yeah. like got a bit, you know, lost they just, with the they really lent striker in, stuff. But they really lent into the sci-fi aspects of it. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily what people wanted. Yeah. Okay, so X Men '97 uh, seems overwhelmingly the thing that that the podcast is most excited about. Um, yeah, I'm going to zip through the rest of the news because um, I'm not too interested by most of this. Um, okay, there was another Spider Man trailer and some posters, and Amy Pascal is implying that Spider Man's back in the MCU. Um, I, I think we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk about. Uh, we'll probably end up talking about the movie Spider-Man in the next section. Um, 
the 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 trailer has confirmed you know continue to confirm more and more villains um i i think basically everything that we think is going to be in this movie probably is at this point um i just want to ask you guys a question do you think this movie is going to be good because i <laughs> i am i am increasingly worried that it just looks like it's going to be at, at, in, and this is ironic considering this is most of the promotional imagery from the show, but uh, from the movie, but increasingly looking like it might be a car crash. Okay, there's, there's a way of figuring out what this will be in that. Will there be a scene in this movie where the Spider-Men are all pointing to each other? <laughs> like in the meme? There, there will yeah, be, then, yeah. Then it will be fantastic in Alfred Molina. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's going to suck, but we're all going to go, everyone's going to go when they hear... It's got all of the different little Spider-Mans in it. They're going to go, and it's going to be, it's going to suck, but they're going to get enough of it just by seeing the boys together. I think but it will be, it will be crap. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna tip you over the edge. Did we the problem this? Tom, Tom Holland did this profile with GQ. I think it was GQ. And yeah, a very worryingly honest one. This feels like a profile that should have come out after the movie. Yeah, a re- like where he's kind of saying like. There was days when we were on the set and we were kind of going, this doesn't make sense. Why would this be happening here? Mm-hmm. And we were and we were doing rewrites <laughs> on the set. Um, you know, it's been heavily implied that this movie was originally supposed to come out after Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and has had to be rewritten because of that. Um, given how... There's you know, a bit where... Sorry, sorry, go on. No, go on, James. Well, there's a bit where he says how they started filming the movie without knowing if they were going to have all the people they needed to make the finale work. <laughs> Who could you be referring to that? Quite. <laughs> I, think that, yeah. I think one of the problems it's going to face is like any movie that has multiple Spider-Mens in is going to be compared somewhat to Into the Spider-Verse. And that film does it so... Can I use the word elegantly? Is that allowed? Am I sure <laughs> that? Oh, you so elegantly um, and and thoughtfully and, and with humour and you know so forth. And as, again, as a cartoon, doesn't talk down about its you know doesn't um talk down to its audience with its themes and so forth so mm, it's got a it's got a task on its hands there's gonna, there's gonna be a point by the way on the on joe's on joe previous point where tom holland talks candidly and people laugh he gives the game away haha you know he basically can he can get away from still with that a bit because he's a cute little boy but what you know once he's like a man this you know this hollywood is not tom gonna holland, let that sort tom of shit holland will, will never look like a man He's Nathan oh. Drake. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, he's boy Nathan Drake. He's little, yeah, boy, he's little baby little boy Nathan Drake. Don't get me started on that. Because <laughs> you know a- anyone who's played the Uncharted games would say, "Oh yeah, the flashback bits are my favourites." Uh, the the biggest crime is Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Like that's I can get over the Nathan Drake thing, but come on. <laughs> maybe they yeah, maybe I... they made that casting. They're like, we're going to go with Holland as Drake. We know they're not really going to buy it. But who will cast as Sully is such like a kind of a they'll just be so angry at that that they'll forget yeah. that they were ever annoyed about Tom Holland. That, 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 thing, that thing that Nathan Fillion funded had a better ca- that was like a fifteen minute little thing where he's yeah, Nathan yeah. Drake was was just so like immeasurably better than everything that was coming out of that trailer. Um, I'm still quite excited for the Uncharted movie. I, I, I hate to I hate to say I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm, I hate I mean, to say it. I'm not, but I will stand up for Mark Wahlberg, which is say he's normally kind of better in supporting roles, um, or, or where he's where he's playing separate. But, but yeah, imagining him as that character doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so I, play, I played the Uncharted games. Um, 
I had to stop midway through four because it was making the fan in my uh, PS4. <laughs> it's, also, it's, also, it's also a mostly terrible game, but um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know if we're that... doing spicy game opinions without any really, <laughs> without any reasoning yet, but... <laughs> I played three in a bit. I, I wasn't vibing with his brother. Yeah. I don't know if He's that's... Dirt, that guy's a dirtbag. Yeah, fuck him. Not in a fun um, way. Although they, they did, I got to play a level of Crash Bandicoot within Uncharted. <laughs> that was nice. More game states. Uh, the yeah. other piece of news, there was a trailer for uh, D- D- DC League of Super Pets. An animated, an animated film. Uh, the Rock is... Created by an AI? The, the Rock is... <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Created the Rock's by voicing a meta AI. <laughs> John Krasinski is voicing Superman. Um, Can I give you my anecdote for this for this trailer? I was on. at work and I have one of those. I use um I use the Edge browser uh, hashtag Windows, and it has just like a it, my homepage is just one of those ones where it's a load of articles that are generated. And, and so whenever I would go to open a new tab, I just see stuff. And I was at work and I was busy and I opened a new tab and then I just, the head I just saw the headline. It said John Krasinski to play Superman. I was like, oh shit, this is huge news. They've announced a new Superman movie. John Krasinski, that kind of fits. Oh my God, I need to Google this. What's nothing on Deadline, nothing on Variety. And then, I, oh no, there's a trailer dropped and he's the, he's, the voice of the, he's the voice of the Superman. Okay. And it's the movie with the dog. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's a real, you've really popped my hype cycle there. <laughs> Warner Brothers. So, um, Kevin Hart is voicing Ace the Bat Hound. Uh, uh, Vanessa God. Bayer is voicing PB, a pig who is suddenly granted sight-changing abilities. Um, <laughs> Natasha Leone is Mertron, a turtle who has super speed. And Chip is voiced by Diego Luna. And it just says here, it says, has some kind of electricity powers. <laughs> <laughs> that Although, the official release. They, have they finished the movie yet? He's, uh, he's got some kind of electricity powers. <laughs> we'll figure it out in post. I don't know. Uh, They're the, doing rewrites on set to see if they can finish the uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Tom Holland talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the one thing here that I that I am going, oh, that's fun. Uh, Mark Maron is voicing Lex Luthor, which oh, that, that actually sounds that's, fantastic. That's really great casting. Well done. I'm a, well I'm done a big I'm a big Glow fan, so I uh, support anything that that guy does. <laughs> um, is he going to lock the gates? Do we think <laughs> he's going to lock the gates on the animals? He might. He might do it. He loves to do it. Who are your pets? <laughs> Who are your super pets? <laughs> Who are your, your pets? <laughs> um, okay, and then finally, in something that sounds like um, absolute nonsense, <laughs> um, Warner Brothers has announced a multiverse fighting game. It is this Super Smash Bros, but 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 it's Space Jam, that new legacy or whatever it is. Is that basically? Just, is that what I'm looking more- at here? Is multiverse just also just is that just a word now that we all use every day? Like, what's happened to this multiverse stuff? It felt like a few years ago it was only weirdo comic nerds like me and James, like, oh, a multiverse, yeah. And now it's like, you know, I walk past Piccadilly Circus and I feel like it's going to just be displayed on the big screens. Multiverse, <laughs> what's happened? I don't like it, James. I don't like it. Listen, we won is what happened, Reese. No, this was for us. This was for no, us. No, no, we box. won. Everyone's like us now. Are we oh, the bad guys? Man. <laughs> yeah uh, joe to your yes it is it's smash brothers plus space jam the new legacy plus free to play plus um mm. steven universe i guess like plus sort of so i'm universe. looking here i can i, I, I can be <laughs> i can be from dc i can be batman superman wonder woman or harley quinn 
Um, and the people that I can fight, I can fight Arya Stark, um, <laughs> characters from Adventure Time. Uh, Matthew Lillard is returning to voice Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Oh, I think you say just Matthew Lillard's in there as himself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he needs to work. I'm defending he's not, my he's career. Not very busy. <laughs> Matthew Lillard's in there playing his twin peaks, the return he's playing, character. He's playing Joker from the Wing Commander movie. <laughs> his greatest role. Yeah. Oh, Macy Williams. Macy Williams is actually coming back to 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 voice the I don't know the grunts that she's going to do once in in the fighting scenes. Great. Oh, um, what did I hear Maisie Williams in voicing something recently? Is she in the Super Pets movie? <laughs> is she a dog of some kind? Like, <laughs> not watched the. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest with you. I haven't watched the trailer for the Super Pets movie. Neither have I. Right, guys, let's do it right Day. now. She's <laughs> uh, having a look on her. Yeah, I'm looking on their IMDb and I can't. Was, I she, don't in, was she in that weird baby show you were talking about earlier? Maybe Bluey. Bluey? Is she Bluey? No, they're all Australian. Everyone's Australian in Bluey. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't have a child. Uh, Bluey's dad often says, "Ah, oh, mate." Yeah. There's entire episodes about about cricket and hockey. <laughs> oh. Okay. It's really good. Um, talk about I, Bluey a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Let's steer this back into blue. That was uh, no, that was gold for us. That was huge for us. The numbers so were big when we talked about blue. I've realised what it was. Um, I thought that um, Maisie Williams was the voice of Robin in the new and uh, Ardman animation on Netflix, Robin Robin. Uh, but turns out it's not. It's an actress called Bronte Bronte Carmichael, who was it? Who was in two games of Game of Thrones, two episodes of Game of Thrones? So two games of Thrones. No, yeah, she was in two two of the Games of Thrones. <laughs> she lost the first one, came back. <laughs> <to> the second <laughs> one. Like when you lose, it only connect. Like they, they do bring you back if you've done well. <laughs> you Maybe they should <laughs> they should bring her back at Multiverses to see whether she can you know <laughs> finally break that tie. Um, <laughs> one last thing on that game. I bet you it's going to play so well, and it's going to really. Be a great fun game to play. What do we all think about that? The controls are going to be really good and thought about and thought through. Unfortunately, it's going to be compared to this Nickelodeon one, which actually looks really rad. So uh... there's a Nickelodeon <laughs> one. Oh, now it' right. Okay, tell me more <laughs> about this one. Listen, you could be Invader Zim in it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now that's got me. There you go. Now I know. I know how to excite James. Now I'm on the hook. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, which members of the Rugrats are playable? I think Tommy, Chucky. Angelica's All of the guys. Angelica's a final form summon. Can I? Joking aside, I think you can be Reptar. No. There you go. Oh my god! What what platforms this on? Uh, everything's on everything yeah, these days. Microwave, smart fridge, the multiverse. <laughs> yeah. So the re- the reason that I was really good at. Mario Kart Double Dash to bring it back around is um, yeah. I was one of the only people that had a GameCube, so like all my friends had, had PS2s and Xboxes. In and my head, like, when you say that, you had three other controllers plugged into it, and everyone was at yes. the start line, and you were just like, <laughs> check me out. No, I'm but I got, booze, I got, I got a GameCube because it, it had all of the exclusive games that I wanted to play. I wanted to play, basically, if it had a Mario in it, I was... I was gonna buy it. I had Mario Golf, oh, Mario Chris, Tennis. You mean a Chris Pratt? I cannot wait. Can't oh, wait. God, guys. Yeah. Can't wait. It's a me, Mario. Oh god, the, the, the last ten minutes of this podcast. Culture culture is broken. <laughs> no. It's a multiverse. We're inside of a, some kind of a uh, sewer multiverse. 
Okay, so all of that was fun. Um, Content coming to your uh, screens in some form soon. Um, We will take a brief break now uh, to, to, I I guess, there's probably a trailer for one of the Spider-Man games. Uh, You can listen to that, listeners, and we'll be back with our um, spoiler-filled thoughts on the uh, two PS4 slash 5 Spider-Man games. What is happening to our city, Yuri? I don't know. Feels like the end of the world. Maybe it is. Peter Parker, how the hell are you? The city is in danger. It needs our help. All of our help. All right, well, call the play, coach. Gang of costume nutjobs is taking the city apart piece by piece. Time I return the favor. This is opportunity knocking. You know the closer you get to them, the more you become a target, right? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The closer I get, the better chance we have to stop them. I've ordered Silver Sable and her team to shoot you on sight. This city's had enough of your vigilantism. You're officially an enemy of the people. Come on, Peter. You have like a cell phone in your in your pot pockets or something. Okay, so Spider Man, uh, the first game uh, came to the PS4 in 2018, um, and I, I I feel like was uh, was was pretty well received at the time. People liked it, uh, and this was uh, like 
I think we talked about it when the when the game first turned up. It felt like we were in like a in, in a new like real hot spot for Spider Man, where the you know after the amazing Spider Man movies died, um, the character had kind of faded out, and then within a couple of years, here he is back in the MCU. He's got a hit video game. Um, there's a, an animated movie on the horizon, and spin-offs and it's all it's all coming and and this game was i think one of the one of the better received of all of those properties um it got it then Mm. got a spin-off in 2020 spider-man miles morales um miles being a character that's introduced in the first spider-man game and the sequel kind of following him learning to use his powers at, like whilst Peter Parker is out of the city for a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess um, it, it would be, it'd be good just to uh, maybe start off by going around the room and uh, talking about, you know, when we played the game um, and, Maybe our experiences with superhero games in general. Um, uh, Josh, you're probably going to be a lot more qualified to answer <laughs> some of these questions. But, you know, what kind of, what other games this this owes something to? And also, you know, mm. whether, because uh, I, I, I genuinely don't know, like, how is is there a history of good superhero video games? I mean, I, I think basically when you're talking about superhero video games, you're looking at two things. You're looking at, IPs which have been you know super IPs which are kind of matched to existing genres and then you're looking at like the superhero fantasy like the realization of of taking what it is to be a superhero usually well classically in terms of powers but partially in terms of I suppose like identity and some of those other things we can talk about that later on um and I think they're they've almost classically been two different things um and well I think like when I go back and thinking about what was my first taste of like superpowers in games, it's it's not really those early kind of, I don't know, Super Nintendo Mega Drive games. Like uh, I think I mentioned earlier, the Data East Captain America and the Avengers game. Those are scrolling beat-em-ups and they don't really, for me, deliver on the promise of being a superhero because they're, your, your range of abilities is somewhat limited. When I think mm. about... The, about superheroes and powers and things like that. I think about things like superhero quake, uh, where you choose your abilities and like you can you can kind of create a, <laughs> something of a, a of a persona in terms of what abilities you have. Um, you know, because that's the real fantasy of that 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 makes good on the fantasy of a superhero, right? To some extent, which is like, what powers do you want? It's like the yeah. classic question: what what would your superhero powers be? So, for me, it's always been this kind of separate thing. Until I think re- more recently, in a game like Spider Man and Miles Morales, make good on the feeling of being Spider Man. Right, the, the narrative yeah. side takes care of the identity stuff, and then the swinging around the city and the kind of unlimited agency to move around yeah. and locomote in the way that you know Spider Man swinging is like. That's the thing. That's that is what Spider Man is like. It's one of the pillars of 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 who that character is um, from the superhero point of view. Right, like I'm talking like below the shoulders stuff like the action stuff that is that is what you want so for me that's where the the the, the game chiefly succeeds is it, is it that, marries that together well that's really interesting and i guess that's actually something that i hadn't really thought about is that 
in video games, maybe more than any other medium, you are you, you frequently ha- are playing as characters who have, you know, what in other you know in in another medium you would describe as superpowers, but you don't really think like you know, yeah, Sonic, it's more complex, Sonic, isn't it? Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog has superpowers, and yeah. that's what's that's what's cool about being Sonic yeah, yeah, is yeah. you get you get to go really fast and you get to spin and like. Even like I guess what like someone like Solid Snake who is you know you know could just just as easily be like the Punisher or you know that. Think kind how many of bullets of... the video game characters take? They're all superhuman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like you know, it's insane. Like and so you have to look to the unique position of of superhero video games to offer something that feels super heroic. Like you need the context there to to, yeah. to make the powers seem special. And so for a long time, when there were superhero games, I, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself as, you know, as a as a casual gamer, superhero games never appealed to me for whatever reason. Um, but maybe that is just because they, they just felt like in, in that realm, a little bit run of the mill. And if you weren't actually letting me inhabit that character and really get mm. to the bones of what it feels like to be Spider-Man in the context of this game, then... Yeah, like I, I remember when the, uh, maybe this was one of for the PS2, but the Spider-Man games they had for the PS2, and I remember, yeah, yeah. Uh, being in a in a game station playing a demo of that game and just thinking, this is really crap. Why is this not more fun? Because Spider-Man, <laughs> I think Sp- the Spider-Man movie game, or maybe it was the second Spider-Man movie game, was was the one that people seem to enjoy for the for the swinging and locomotion around the city and it seemed to me that that was where they started for these current games there was a kind of like mechanical inspiration there for like what feeling what a uh, swinging should feel like but that was the that was the first open world one right that was where that yeah was although already connected with yeah though there was also the i can't remember if it was before or after i think james you played this the ultimate spider-man game Games. yeah so that was also, after you could yeah. also place venom in that in that or maybe even yeah yeah that Carnage was that was explicitly that. based on the comics but had very similar mechanics to yeah and i think the, the, student... the spider-man 2 game yeah, yeah. and th- there was a few other experiments like that that xbox 360 incredible hulk game and the, the <laughs> superman game and they, they started to you know like most games in those in those uh in that period was like it's an open world game it's like okay what does that mean does it mean in the, in the superman game it I can, means like, you are confined to manhattan yeah i can i can grab someone and drop them in a cooling tower and they say thanks superman as they you know die <laughs> falling to their pathing to the ground from the cooling tower so um, actually i thought that, that superman game was quite a good kind of bizarro superman simulator because of course you want to act like a bastard when yeah. you play superman <laughs> was that was that the one where Actually, I might be thinking of the N sixty four game, where um, Superman didn't have health. The health was like how the, trash the city. the city was. Yeah, I think that was that was three sixty game. It was the Superman Returns game, maybe. Oh, that's a great I idea. Was, yeah, I thought that was an interesting idea for yeah. like as Josh was saying, sort of replicating the experience <laughs> of being Superman because nothing can really kill him, right? Except Doomsday, but. Yeah, actually, well, I thought I thought the feeling of that su- again to, to go back to feelings again. The feeling of that Superman Returns game was actually really good. It was just that the game surrounding it like was stinking. Yeah. Like, it wasn't it wasn't good. But the the flying around and like uh, you know the, having the unlimited powers and not really having any health of your own, so to speak, was a good yeah realization of being Superman. If not, the... that's something I remember from all those like um, side scrolling beat 'em up games where it was like, oh, you're Cyclops, but you can you can only shoot your beam three times and then you get you know, you run out of powers until you die. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, just to, to, to 
cap off this idea of like the feeling of being a superhero. I think my uh, overall my favorite superhero game or one that I thought has realized it quite well is Saints Row 4. Um, which is more of kind of like a Matrix-esque yes. set of superpowers rather than a more classical comic book set of superpowers. But I think that, the, again, the agency to like make your character look how you want and like the kind of persona building, or, you know, surrounding it. I mean, you're playing through a story, but there is also a sense of like avatar construction in like, you know, making your character look yeah, how you want. I, when I played forth. Saints Row 4, I made my character look like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The perfect. It's probably the best Incredible Hulk game that's ever been made. Um, for me, the the touchstone for this Spider-Man game is probably the Arkham series. Absolutely. Which we covered, you know, a few years ago on the podcast now. But they, I, I still can't ones. remember whether we covered the, just the first game or or all of them. I think it was just Arkham Asylum because that's the only one you had played. But, yeah, um, I did ultimately play all of them. Um, yeah arkham asylum and specifically arkham city mm. really gave you like this sort of feeling of you are batman in a world yeah. in which you know batman has all these powers and abilities and you're not limited by the mechanics so much as by you know what's going on I, in the story and i i thought that one of the good ideas that they they transposed from from the arkham games onto spider-man was this idea of when you played arkham you were very much a experienced batman it wasn't an origin story at all you're like you're batman ass batman he knows what yeah. he's doing he is yeah. good at the detective stuff he's good at combat he's got all of the gadgets and all of this sort of stuff the spider-man that you play in the first spider-man game is an experienced Peter Parker. He's been doing this for a while. He's been juggling his life and and being a superhero um, for a while. And so you get that kind of this buy in there. You get a sense of empowerment by like stepping into that role and, and being like, I'm yeah. Superman. Oh, sorry, I'm not Superman. I'm uh, <laughs> that would be really confusing. <laughs> and that um, also that that also sidesteps one of the main problems that Spider Man adaptations were ha- having, which is viewers players going. I've done all this before. I've, I've, I, I know all this. I've done all this. Why I have to fight Bone Saw again? <laughs> Can we just kill Uncle Ben now and get out of the way? Yeah, <laughs> just nudge him off a bridge. Um. So, James, did you just grab? Like, do, do you have a history of playing? I, I imagine you do more than me. <laughs> a history of playing super, I would superhero say, video games. <laughs> I would say, in much the same way that I only watch like obscure indie films and superhero blockbusters and don't care about anything in between. Uh, I only play obscure indie games and superhero adaptations and I don't care about anything in between. You're not like maybe Assassin's Creed is good. I will never know because I would never play it. You've not, you've not downloaded the new FIFA absolutely 100 percent not the problem with assassin's creed games these days is they're so long that you need to dedicate basically like all your time to playing them and like um so you know i i played the incredible hulk game on the xbox i played the iron man games on the xbox oh yeah they were a lot of bad spider-man games i played the bad x-men game the bad wolverine game I don't care how good or bad they are. Did you play the Wolverine game where Wolverine grabs a soldier and thrusts him up into the blades of a helicopter? Because I'm like, oh my god, Wolverine! Like that's a a bit much even for you. You know, you've got your own claws, right? (laughs) 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 Big swords, big spinning swords. I did play that one. Uh, I really enjoyed the X Men Legends game and Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Um, I probably briefly got you into the Mutant Academy games for a little bit there. I think. Yeah, we played those on PlayStation. I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my earliest experiences playing what, like the Children the of Batman the Atom platformer, the... Batman the movie platformer. Oh, even before that, yeah, yeah, like um, 
I've been doing it my entire life, and I'm, I'm not going to stop now. This ain't my first rodeo, kid. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in a way, that provides a lot of context for this game, because this, like, I've played all the bad ones, and I can confidently say this one gets it. Reese, what about you? Are you? Uh, I, I don't. I don't think I actually even know the answer to this. Are you Ooh, a gamer? <laughs> am I a gamer? Interesting. Um, I would call myself a, a um, an, an ardent gamer. Uh, the only problem is I don't really play that many video games. Um, <laughs> no, I, I definitely. You know, I uh, probably lot, lots of people our age had uh, had this experience of proper you know proper 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 gamer from 12 through probably 25 ish but you know in the last five seven years you know just a quite a steep drop off i have to say um but i would still call myself a gamer and i listen to all the podcasts and things so i know all about all of the things but i don't actually do much of the playing and much of the games um but i i would i had quite a um i played a lot of the games that james that james james reference i think i i did i had uh I really, really remember that that Spider-Man Two game, and feel like I, I would just put it on. And I think was it? I think it was it Xbox Generation, uh, Xbox One, or three. Yeah, yeah, it probably would have been. It was kind of it would have been like two thousand and two or yeah, two thousand. I think it had PlayStation Two, Xbox. Yeah. I think it had. The, it was on the console that also you could play. Um, you could play music it, it within the games that, that you'd you'd sort of put onto the system. Yeah. And I just I've got I've got a memory of just like going and putting on Spider Man two or or one or three I forget but and then just swinging around New York just with no real purpose having you know putting on my own songs in the background and and that feeling because I remember Spider Man I think is well not I think is my favorite superhero is the is the best superhero it's is canon it's just canon um, <laughs> and I remember as a kid you know having dreams about sort of swinging like genuinely dreams of swinging you know of sort of oh. you'd read that in the you'd read that in the comic and, <laughs> and, and no you laugh at me uh, just that 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 uh, it's cuz it's it's that beauty it's you know stanley the the that magic it's that beautiful middle line of kind of something you can you can you could understand as possible you know the, the, that thrill of shooting out a, a web and swinging no, through a Reese, Reese. <laughs> you, we, we're in such dangerous territory now how old were you when you were having these dreams <laughs> one of those, like a kid. i'm not one of those parties where everybody puts their web slingers in a bowl <laughs> okay well, I, I honestly i was giving you such an innocent pure thought that i didn't even see what that was <laughs> how innocent and pure this thought was uh, so just actually, you guys can scroll. Uh, um, and I'm going to I'm going to continue with my original point. It, the one the wonderful line of you can understand how it would feel, but also it feels it's it's a thing that only a superhero could, could do. That you know what you see Spider Man do, the way he moves. And I remember that Spider Man Two game. It it like honestly felt like what I had dreamt about. That's that was the feel of that game. And obviously, if I played that today, I'm sure it wouldn't. It would. It's an old ass video game. It would feel. It would look shitty, and it wouldn't feel good. It wouldn't feel modern. But this, this Spider-Man game, just in the sort of in the swinging around, totally, uh, totally did that for me. And Josh, to your point about how games can, you know, how can make you feel like a superhero. Just the swinging element alone. You know, if, if we, if mm. if there was nothing else to this game, that that piece of it made me feel yeah made me feel like a superhero because and that's yeah that is the secret weapon of this game and for me it's why you know there there are i feel like in terms of the 
know, it's also not I, this I game's idea. It's not. It's not from this game. It's from they are just doing a good version of something that that, that came out in that. No, but that's. Game, but I but I I think you can I think you can kind of compare this to screen depiction of Spider Man as well. That uh, like so I I can't compare this Spider Man game to loads and loads of similar open world games. I can pretty much just compare it to Arkham the Arkham games, and it feels quite similar in that setup of. Um, I can travel around this space. I have these little side missions to do. When I am do it, like having combat scenes, the the kind of the base combat is quite similar, except I have like specific Spider-Man powers rather than specific Batman powers. There are like stealth scenes where I have to not be caught and like grapple people up into the you know the, like it's it doesn't feel massively dissimilar. But the reason I enjoy playing these games more is that swinging element and there's you've got the you've got this massive this massive city which sometimes you know like it's like the next place you need to be might take you like three or four minutes to swing across to Mm. there are options where you can like do it you can fast track (laughs) it and do it on the subway and i never do because yeah why would you because i just love I, i i and i love that you know, it's not just that it's the same mechanic every time. It's that you can kind of do different things to speed yourself up and like run along buildings or like um, try and, and like the, and that try and like the, propel yourself off different different that stuff things is in the, the environment. Sum, that stuff is the sum total of everything as well, right? Because I mean, it's like the music swells while you're doing that. It, it's and it's yes. like and again, it it evokes the cinematic quality of that superhero as well. Um, that you're, you know, even if you're reading comics, you're imagining that sort of stuff happening, and it, it's it's making good on the fantasy of that mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I think what it is also doing well, and maybe this is a little bit like counter to this idea of making the movement feel special. Um, and I think um, you know this this kind of speaks to what you were saying a minute ago, Reese, which is that um, the kind of grounded nature of swinging, you know, it's something that you can, it's something that you can understand. It's something that you mm-hmm. that that feels special but also you can you there's a kind of physical intuition to having basically a ball on the end of a rope and knowing how it's going to like Mm -hmm. move through space um and that that grounded nature of movement is what we've all been we've all been in playgrounds right we've all we've all whether it's yeah been on a swing or something i was there or (laughs) on a rope swing or anything like that like we all we all know what that physical sensation is like um yeah, but whereas you know, Batman gliding through Arkham, I, I, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> Never been well, on a one thing I will say that Batman grounds well <laughs> is that, and, and I think that it is something overall that Batman probably does better than Spider Man, which is the hand to hand combat, which feels heavy and um, and dangerous. And with Spider Man, you can always get out of a situation very, very easily. When Batman is is immersed in one of those combat scenarios. And you know you've kind of broken stealth. You you are very much in that situation, and the foes are a bit more dangerous in in Batman, I would say. Mm, yeah. And Spider Man very much borrows um, borrows um, that general kind of combo reversal system. But the thing is, the fantasy of Spider Man is not hand to hand combat, right? It's like the it's the quipping while swinging yeah. around the room and um, and and you know webbing someone to the mm. wall or silently pulling them up to and that, those moments work so much better, I think, than it is when you get embroiled in a hand to hand combat. And that's you know, if we're comparing Spider Man to um to those games, I'd say that um 
you know, that's something that feels less good. <laughs> um, which is, yeah. That's a that's a that's a technical term. Less good. Um, <laughs> so, you are a professor after all, so you, I you am, do know yeah, all yeah, of those. I, 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 I use phrases like this all the time, believe it or not. Today's class, <laughs> students, is about the phrase "less good." <laughs> Maybe next time, less elegant might work. Yeah, <laughs> we're all saying it. We're all saying it. <laughs> um, I was going to mention because I think it's interesting how. Uh, for me, the the swinging is it's almost it's it's almost like sort of half the story, or maybe it's two thirds of the story. Because, you know, I, the, and the movies do this, and the comics do this, and the games do this. You know, I think if Spider Man was in, you know, was in London, was in uh, was in LA, was in other locations, was in the forest, all of a sudden some of that some of that the, some of his um, mobility is, is it changes quite mm-hmm. a lot. There's also a big part for me. There's a for me. I, you know, if I could put my fingers and live in New York City, I would. I would. I'd love to live there. <laughs> yeah, any sing, any single ladies out there want to with the American like, passport? Let's let's lock it up. But that New York is kind of <laughs> that's also key to what makes the character, the character yeah, often yeah. feel special. What makes the playing as the character within the games? And you know, I think it's I love how in this game they they have you know they kind of do a New York that's pretty recognizable yeah. for our real life, but also with all of the kind of comp with comics shit with like the Avengers towers it tower in it and stuff. And there's something about when you, you do that big old swing and you're kind of above like a sector of the skyscrapers downtown that just it just feels special. It felt special in that in that Spider-Man two game. It feels special in this one and it wouldn't work in other locations. So that's yeah. that is it's like when it's I, a character in the game. The character when I played, <laughs> when I played the, the first the Peter Parker game, um I spent the first, you know the first night or two playing it, just going to like landmarks, like and and the fact that I could I could like right, I'm going to go all the way up to the top of the Empire State Building and take and then like take a picture at the top, like take a selfie as Spider Man at the top of the Empire State Building, and then I'm going to swing over to Avengers Tower and do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that is really fun. <laughs> I think as well that something they do in Miles Morales as well to build on all of this is they give Harlem so much character and they make yes. it so central to the storyline. And and I think that the other thing that they do is they make the human side of the story. I, I actually think Miles Morales tells a better human story than the first game. Um by making the focus of the game, you know, you, you've got access to all of the city, but Harlem is really at the center of that experience and going to being in um uh his family his family home and exploring it and learning a bit more about that character and some you know reflecting on some of the events of the first game that happened all of that sort of stuff really gives the the like a richness to the environment as well um especially and it does make you feel that home is an important place for miles just as much as manhattan is important to peter in general you know i think that's a good point because sort of the the part where I think the first game gets a bit weak is in the final act where you have this kind of militaristic yeah, like cabal taking over the city and suddenly everything's sort of hostile no matter where you go and there are these like, oh, you yeah. know, yeah, they bring Babel and build the Babel into it, don't they? And kind of yeah, yeah. And that stuff, like once you start getting to that, it stops feeling like this kind of pure Spider-Man story Whereas the, yeah. the, the equivalent of that in the Miles Morales game is really like literally the final battle. Yeah. There's no, there's not really an open world where the city is in ruins. Yeah. It's just and like that one thing. Part of the, part of the sort of criticisms that were leveled against the Miles Morales game is that it was too short. 
mm. given that it was a full price game. But I sort of look at it and go, well, that that actually is the length I want a game yeah, to be. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I, th- I think I <laughs> like enjoyed the Spider-Man game. I think I hundred percent more for that. Yeah, I hundred percented the Spider-Man game because I loved it. But if it had been a ten-hour game, I would have been very happy with that. I think people only thought Miles Morales was short because they'd already had the the much yeah. longer experience with the first game. Yeah, absolutely. Um. On, on a slightly different note to all this, you've just reminded me talking about 100%ing it. Uh, whilst I didn't enjoy the Prowler challenges, I love the representation of Prowler in this game and Uncle Aaron and like all of that stuff. I, I really, really like that version of that character. Yeah, and, and the I think what is, what's particularly interesting and something that struck me when, when I was playing the, the first game was... That, that here is uh, a, a Spider-Man kind of confidently setting up its own continuity mm. and confidently giving you versions of characters that you yeah. know already and kind of playing with the facts that you know a lot of this stuff already, right? So that, like, you know, in, it, it the same the same as Doc Ock in the first game mm. is the case. With, with As soon as you meet Uncle Aaron in the second one, yeah. I think now, you know, if you're into Spider-Man, you're probably well-versed enough to know who Uncle Aaron is because of the movies right that's yeah, I, like, say, or, I can say or even watched into the spider versus like a general primer for the for you know the bridging which i had done actually yeah. i'd watched into the spider Verse just before starting to play miles morales oh cool and then you get to wear his actual movie suit in there yeah. <laughs> and the spider-man ps4 game cameos in into the spider Verse as well doesn't it yeah yeah um but yeah, I, I and I think it's it's interesting, right? That it, it's it's able to set up its own continuity, tell its own stories, and seems really invested in in its storytelling as well. You know, it's not it's not just doing a hey, look, it's fun to swing around Manhattan. Um, it's going here is here is an actual story we're telling, and like I was, yeah, I I, I literally finished playing through Miles Morales tonight. Um, and I could have finished it a lot, and by that I mean like the main story. But I was going around doing all of the side missions because I have more fun doing those than I do the actual main story. Uh, <laughs> I think- uh, like I like finding stuff, but yeah, like even right at the end, there is a post-credit sequence teasing the next game, like it's a movie. And um, yeah, it, I, I I think it really is invested in in its own in-universe continuity as well. I think one of the one of the character criticisms I have is that I don't remember his name, but the the Roxon CEO, um, I don't know Krieger. Yeah, that he's he's a little bit mustache twirly for me um, <laughs> in in his kind of like you know Elon Musk esque um, way, and then leaving the kind of evil missives around the um, the various Roxon bases about like you know mandatory overtime and all of this sort of stuff, um, <laughs> and. I, I think that the Roxon stuff kind of, for me, is a little bit similar to what James pointed out about the kind of militaristic faction in the first game, which is that I think in, like, I understand the dynamic of the story in having this kind of, you know, very human, like, version of Harlem and then having the kind of megatech corporation threatening that and so forth. And obviously, you've got to have some of, the, like, the, the techie stuff in there to justify the inclusion of Tinkerer and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um but yeah, like some of that just start. Like it would be really nice to have this, you know, if Miles' story had just been like a little more grounded in terms of the threat, 
but then I kind of understand that you need to, you know, design factions to fight and and all of this other sort of stuff. So, um, I yeah, think I, I also I did wonder within the Miles game whether actually what they wanted was to have a bit of original, you know, like villains that they could be Miles villains. So, like, yeah, yeah, this is this is a new this is a new character, or sorry, a new person as the tinkerer someone who is person mm. you know personal to miles and that krieger is an original character who you can put in there that doesn't have any pre-affiliation with peter parker which um is probably more difficult to do in the comics at, at, at this point i just for me and i, I should say i didn't I, I played i think about two-thirds of the miles morales game didn't didn't finish it but also played it quite close to when I finished. This was my this was one of my lockdown kind of gaming experiences. Was was it was Red Dead Redemption Two, and it was playing both <laughs> Spider-Man games. Although I didn't finish the second one. And I think for me, Miles Morales it slightly it slightly fa- failed in or paled. Not that's too that's too um, that's too extreme. It was it it compared poorly in my for me to both Spider Verse and to the the first Spider-Man game, which again I I sort of just played. Whereas the first Spider-Man game, for me, felt, I think, to me, I think feels like a, a kind of a more interesting adaptation than, you know, com- compares pretty well to, you know, to all three Spider- sort of on-film Spider-Man versions, um, including the most recent one. I, I, so I think that was, that was the issue with, for me with that, with mm-hmm. the Miles Morales game. I think, Joe, you're right. I think that they... Part of the, part of the fun of the first game uh, is is you know just like how all these things work is seeing all of the stuff that you like in a new in a new in a new universe and and with with Miles the Miles game it was like they 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 were they were they were struggling to adapt any of the kind of pre existing Miles stuff they wanted to come up with their own stuff which I, I respect but I yeah I think I responded more to the, to the I, I thought the story in the first game was really was really exciting it, it was sort of uh i you know i I'd, I'd, I'd argue that the the doc Ock relationship and then sort of mm. breakdown of that and then conflict you know i'd put that up against what you know the despite raimi spider-man 2 in terms yeah, of like raimi, the doctor octopus the in this game is so good so good and the and, and and the tinkerer miles stuff in the second game is 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 not as it's not yeah. that. It's, it's much less good. It's much less compelling. I've got to say, my my one criticism of the story in that first Spider-Man game is that I think if you're going to kill Aunt May, you have to have a very good reason to do it. And for me, it yeah, felt right. a bit like they were going, Mister Negative. We can, it? we can do anything. So let's kill off Aunt May. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. We can do uh, anything. This... We can we can re-release the remastered version with Tom Holland's head on the cat. Oh the yeah, that, that was weird, weird wasn't it? And we can claim it's nothing to do with that, even though the previous version looked a lot like Andrew Garfield. Yeah. See, um, this speaks to how long it's been since I played the first game versus the Miles Morales one is, I'd forgotten they killed that, mate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I do wonder, though, is, is there something in that the because the, I, I I don't think the two games are for me massively far apart in terms of quality, but when I'm what when I'm playing the first one, in my mind it compares positively to the Spider-Man films that I've seen most recently, which would have been um, Homecoming and the Amazing Spider-Man's I think at that point, 
Mm-hmm. And for the Miles Morales game, it's into the Spider Verse, which it compares less fav- favorably to. Mm. And that's not to say, you know, that I don't like the game. It's just I think that that, you know, I think increasingly there is an argument to be made that that is the certainly the best modern superhero movie. But it's, it's, so, you fa- know, it's so fantastic. It's it's up, it's, it's up there it's, for best it's ever. So, it's just so fantastic. Like. I was watching it and like my wife's not typically into, into superhero stuff, but she was just pulled into it like almost immediately. And then therefore was quite invested in the story in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I think that that character of miles between the game and between the movie is not a million miles away. It's a good, I think that they're a good negotiation of that character in both of them. Um, you know, clearly a, clearly a line drawn between them somewhat. And then I think the thing that, so when, when Reese is talking about, you know, as a teenager dreaming of swinging and shooting webs. Um, <laughs> don't make it sound, don't make that sound weird. That's actually super normal. Cool. <laughs> you made it sound weird at the time. It's uh, a normal cool. What is it? Yes, absolutely. That's what it was for me. I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still waiting. Um, and, uh, they're going to drop. They're going to drop. Any second. Any second. Um, but yeah, when I, when I was a teenager, my Spider-Man exposure was the Raimi movies. And that was my way into the character. I loved those first two Raimi movies uh, like an awful lot. And I, and I think I rate the first one a lot higher than most people do. Um, and... You know, I remember just being like, like just loving the, lo- loving the, just the experience of watching Spider-Man swing through the city mm. and, and like being to, taken to the with sound him. of Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, it was of its time. Um, <laughs> at the time, famously, we were all saying Nickelback were good. Um, and... <laughs> And, and and you know even in the marketing for that movie and and it's something that the the subsequent um the subsequent Spider-Man movies have moved away from the first amazing Spider-Man movie tried to do something interesting with it and kind of bottled it after one sequence and then it really hasn't been a hallmark of the MCU Spider-Man at all um and so when I started playing the game it was it was like Oh god great now I get to I get to feel like I'm playing like I'm getting to re-experience that Raimi Spider-Man feeling. Well, you know what as but, well with that. But too. as but I can I can decide which direction I get to swing in this time. <laughs> we, we were talking earlier about um how X-Men kind of made us feel a bit the X-Men cartoon series made us made us feel a bit seen and I think there's an element of that to the Raimi Spider-Man movie. It was like this is a big superhero movie it's like everyone is interested in it comics are here comic book superheroes are here and they're good in this medium and i think the spider-man game is also i mean obviously we've had all the mcu stuff and there's a there's a there's a you know a huge massive interest in uh superhero stuff now but it was like here is a good not bad (laughs) superhero game a video game that you could recognize not only as an absolutely amazing video game but it is doing justice to the characters and it it's again, it's one of those things that you felt kind of seen, which is like I've been waiting for this game for like a long time as a comic book and a superhero fan. I think that's a really good point. I remember seeing, I think it was the head of EA at the time saying something like, 
we don't get why people who don't like sport don't play our sport games. And it's because none of those games have really found the sort of crossover point mm. to say, like, even if you don't like football, this game is fantastic because they all just do their best to simulate football. Yeah, they're sort of inhospitable. Which, so. Yeah, which as a football fan, I'm not interested in. So again, have you tried Mario Tennis and Mario Golf? <laughs> <laughs> Let me I tell mean, you about sensible you know. soccer. <laughs> I think what Joe's saying is that Red James... Card, you ever played Red Card? <laughs> James, you might like FIFA if if Spider Man were was the player. If they were all Spider Man, I mean, I would be more likely to try. It <laughs> you just reminded me that Spider Man was also in all of those. It was also in all of the Tony Hawk games through a cheat code because they're all it published. Was yeah, because it was made by the same studio. They were all oh, NeverSoft games. Yeah, they were NeverSoft. Were making all the Spider Man yeah. PS One games and all the Tony Hawk's games. <laughs> I think Wolverine was in them too. Wolverine was in Tony Hawk's three. And <laughs> Darth Maul. Again, of the era. All your favourite characters. <laughs> yeah, you know. All the iconic characters. Um Can we talk about one of I think the the more controversial aspects of the first Spider Man game? Um Pigeons. <laughs> We should talk about the pigeons. I caught all of those fucking pigeons, James. How about <laughs> you? Know, you, you hundred percented it, didn't you? I'm curious what you're going to say next. Catching pigeons is a picnic compared to listening or listening to all of Harry's weather reports or whatever the, whatever <laughs> it was. God, <laughs> I, I I do I do have a low tolerance for some of that kind of it in it's like in-game fluff is the best the best way I can put it is like. Like, uh, as much as I love some of the side missions, there are some that I just resent. And, like, I, I just really didn't enjoy the training sequences in, um, like, the fighting the holograms. All in, of the challenge stuff, yeah. Yeah, in, in the Miles Morales game. So I just didn't do those side missions because I, did, I wasn't having fun doing them. Um, and, yeah, similarly, like, in the first one, I kind of listened to the J. Jonah Jameson stuff and was like, oh, that is... Uh, that's this is fun. Alex Jones. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that this is this is what um what J. Jonah Jameson would be in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, um, it's, in, a, it's, a perceptive, it's a perceptive version of that character. Yeah, but it, the podcast in the second game, I was just like, no, I'm I'm zoning out while this is on. Um, but no, Reese, uh, to, to, I'll end the tension for you. The the controversial aspect, I believe, when the first game came out was um, Spider-Man's a cop. Mm. James, I know this was on your radar at the time. How did, how did, you, how did you feel about this? Yeah, because so Spider-Man spends the first game hanging out with uh, Detective Watanabe, right? And They're just pals. They're just great. Yeah, yeah, but he's... Like during, mm-hmm. especially when the sort of a cab idea was finally hitting popular culture, of like, oh yeah, maybe the police aren't so great all the time, and giving them mm-hmm. guns is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. This game came out where you know, friendly neighborhood Spider Man was essentially um, you friendly, know, un- friendly neighborhood un- informant, yeah, <laughs> unregulated arm of the U- of the <laughs> New York Police Department, <laughs> and like. I think later on in the story that twists a bit because, you know, uh, Yuri gets fired and she takes on the costumed identity from the comics. Um, but you spend a lot of that game like working with the with the police, hmm. you know, to quell public disorder. <laughs> hmm. 
some of which could be argued as legitimate. I forget exactly what's going on, but there's a lot of like, oh, they're protesting, you know, the false imprisonment or whatever. And that doesn't that doesn't seem to be a a, a position that Spider Man normally occupies. And it, and you know, interesting that in the second game, when Miles is literally the son of a cop, that he is he's not doing that. Yeah, and like the the sort of traditional take on Spider Man is that he's a vigilante who works outside the law, mm. and thanks in no small part to Jameson. You know, he's just on the outs with the traditional law enforcement. I think it probably wasn't until the, you know, the movies, which had this sort of post 9-11 mm. uh, goodwill towards, you know, New York's finest, um, that they started yeah. going, well, you know, the police would probably like Spider-Man because we like the police and we like Spider-Man. Mm. Mm. Um, and that was, you know. There's something more unsettling to that. That that dynamic that somehow than the just Batman like very clear conservatism <laughs> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know yeah because thing... because he's he's the friendly I think we've just made the point right but he's supposed to be the friendly neighbor of Spider Man he's 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 supposed to I think Batman is Batman's supposed to be scary to everybody I think if you if you lived in Gotham, yeah. Gotham and you were uh, a law-abiding citizen you'd still be scared of batman he's supposed to be scary he's like a fucking he's like a crazy demon black bearing <laughs> monster you know sociopath spider-man's like no i'm just one of you i'm like a, i'm like your friend but i can web around and no, stuff and the, no, and the idea that he also you know he's an informant or he's worked for the police it's it is more it is sort of it's kind of sinister well also uh, as well it sort of breaks one of the core ideas of spider-man which is that he you know he hides his identity to try and protect his personal life and basically any any change you make to spider-man that makes it easier for him is a bad idea and Hmm. saying oh you know spider-man's pals with the cops means that it's easier for him to do certain things Mm -hmm. which is you know as part of the spider-man storytelling engine is a bad idea to change because you never you know you the, the the new york cops are never, or you know, the official New York police or military are, are never an, uh, an enemy in this game. They kind of go there, sort of, with the, the I can't remember what they call the Silver Sable sort of team, right? But, but yeah, to your point, it's it's he's never on the he's never on the other side of the law. Whereas in the comics and the movies, it's that he's 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 a more sympathetic character and he's and he's kind of is on the wrong side of the law sometimes but but it but you're sympathetic to it you know you know the context whereas in the game they, it's it's not that at the same time not to get too hitched up on the ludo narrative distance this game but my spider-man is probably a mass murderer because i've kicked so many people off roof. <laughs> <laughs> no, he rubs them he rubs them on he rubs them on no, the floor there's not no there's nothing better on that game but when you're on a rooftop incredible like, it's amazing I can, I could fight you, or I could swing kick you off the edge of the building. Yeah. Then you're then you're fucked. <laughs> but you say actually, you know, you've said that in jest, Josh. Josh, but I I kind of loved that in terms in terms of ludo narrative distance. I loved that that little that little piece where they they never, you know, they never had you sort of obviously kill. Uh, yeah, an assailant. That was that was a thing that they, you know, they probably didn't have to to code. They probably didn't have to to spend the resources to, to make sure happened, and probably took resources right because sometimes, you know, they're kind of, you, you know, you can throw a guy off a building <clears throat> any which way, and so the the idea that you can all and then you want to go straight into a fluid kind of combat sequence. So the idea that they can make it so that you always web up a guy like that's that's 
that though seems it, like a tricky a tricky circle to, to square. Though at the same time, I'm I'm sure that there was a Marvel brand Bible that said Spider Man no, does not fair. kill that's people. Spider Man does and, not and, kill anyone. And so please do not have him snap anyone's neck. There's there's a bunch of um, apart from Gwen Stacy. Well, I mean, but then that's probably, you know, <laughs> oh, there's probably a there's probably a meeting between Insomniac and Marvel where Insomniac go, you know show them a clip and then uh, and it has a, a guy going off the building and, and not and you don't see them get rescued and probably the marvel <laughs> yeah. person goes hey no hold on hold on hold on we need to actually visibly see every mm. single criminal we need to see them get rescued and then that's and that it's a good the right decision and, and, and again, did spider-man hold really, you with the character did spider-man really need to grab that guy and thrust him up through the helicopter blades that just seemed <laughs> like a little bit too much <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I, I also mean, really love webbing people to the wall in this game, guys. Yeah. That's that's yeah, my, one of my favorite methods of uh, of taking anyone down. To me, that kind of passive solution, not passive, but pacifistic, I guess, um, mm. mode of gameplay comes to the fore a lot more in those stealth sequences rather than the combat. Because you've got a bunch mm. of mechanics that are focused upon disarming enemies and using the environment against them, you know, and disar- and not just disarming, but just kind of um, uh, like. I guess you call it like zone control a little bit, like trying to clear the, the the field of play by webbing people to walls or, you know, doing whatever. But the you kind of almost do it by accident sometimes. It just sort of happens. Whereas you make this very conscious decision to stay hidden and to, to take people out of the combat field a little bit more when you're stealthing around. Um, and I actually really like all the stealth sequences in both of these games, both when you're playing as um, Spider-Man or when you're playing as Mary Jane. Um, they were, they were a lot less frustrating than the Arkham ones because yeah. the Arkham ones were just sort of you would instant fail in certain situations yeah, whereas Spider-Man spotted, it tends yeah. to be There's you a... can have an easier time and a more fun time if you stay hidden but if you get spotted yeah. it doesn't and you can, aside from the and you can re-hide as well can't you yeah exactly and also you, pro- you are Batman right the whole time which is that you're 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 like you were saying before you're you're scary you're a threat you're always able to to, to outmatch a bunch of different people and the combat system is 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 balanced for that in spider-man you often feel like you know the odds are stacked against you or as mary jane you don't have any combat abilities to speak of so the, the stealth context makes more sense there's like the, the threat is is evident and makes you want to stay hidden longer mm-hmm. i i hate i hated those sequences every single time <clears throat> i hated them i I, or I, you know, I probably in my put my put down the controller, turn off the PlayStation, end of end of the night's session moments felt like always happened at one of those bits because, yeah, I think because it's I think you've got to be careful in a video game and and they're, and and they all like they're all built as sort of power fantasies. I think mostly you've got to be careful when you you give the player all this pat all these powers all this power and then you take them all away for for pieces. I know you're playing a different character, but you know you don't. I've got to be honest, I, I am the same. Any point that I have to walk, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's the, op- it's like, the, op- the opposite of my real life. I think right? for me in the first game, one of the <laughs> one, in the first game, one of the make goods on that is some of the um, bits where you're playing as Mary Jane and it's not a stealth sequence. It's more of like an exploration sequence. Like there's a bit where you're in Norman Osborne's penthouse near the end. Yep. And actually That's really, there was some good tension in that. It's that just before you discover. Oh yeah. I do, yeah. Oh, you don't, you don't discover Harry, do you? You're about, you you're like, 
you, you see it at the end or whatever, you don't actually get into that or whatever. But you discover the, the hobgoblins, sorry, the green goblin stuff maybe. Mm. But but that was a good, I think some enemies come in at the end and you've got to kind of stealth away. But at that point, you've kind of learned the path around the apartment and how to get out of that situation. Yeah. So the, allowing you to kind of like scope out the scenario and case the joint a little bit and then use that to your advantage worked well. Yeah, I do. I do have a memory of that being one of the more enjoyable Mary Jane sequences. Mm. Um, can we talk about one of my uh, another one of my favourite aspects of the game? Ooh, and... What's this going to be? What's this going to be? <laughs> I'm so curious. I can't think of any other game I've ever played where this has been the case. Normally, I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't care, whatever. Is it the costume? It's the costume. Yeah, that is so, <laughs> so good. So much yeah. fun yeah. doing like, and that's why in the first game, I was like, I was like, okay, so I need all of these things. So, all right, well, I'll go. I'll do all of those side missions so I can get that suit then, because I wanted them all and I wanted to wear them all for a bit to see how cool they looked. And you know, some of them were just because it looks cool. And then certain ones you're like, well, if I head to this certain location and take a selfie, that's going to look awesome. <laughs> um, and then like, you know, in the new game that you've got the, you've got the Miles Morales into the Spider-Verse costume. And it animates that, in the same way. It animates in the ones and twos. Yeah. The animation style of the, um, uh, of the movie, which is, which is just immensely fun. And. Um, Did you know that you can put that effect onto any of the suits? Yes, I because I, I, I think you unlock it at some point. Yeah, they, they, felt, yeah it's actually one of the smart things they do. It felt, in it felt they, dirty. They, I'll be honest with you. They divorced, they dirty. divorced the aesthetics of the suit to the abilities, which I think is a really great Very way smart, of because yeah. it sucks when you in in games when you get a really great looking thing but you don't like the abilities on it. So it's a good. It, it was. I'm surprised more games don't do it in that quite that way. And I yeah, on on, on both games, I think I enjoyed the range of the suits more on the first game, and there were more suits mm. on the first game I actually wanted to wear. Um, again, don't know about any of the ones from the from the downloadable content. Didn't play it. Refused to <laughs> get your hands out of my wallet, Insomniac. Yeah. God, I love this game so much. It was incredible. I hundred percent said, "Hey, here's more of it." Nah, nah, way, nah. <laughs> don't trick yeah, me. You're not me like that. Don't trick me, bastard. I just I can't I can't get my head around it. Like <laughs> I I also I was the I was the thing. It's more of a thing. When I was a, when I was a gamer as a teenager, and I wasn't when a gamer, I was as, as we've established. <laughs> when I was playing games as a teenager, um, I basically <laughs> used to, aside from like launch titles with with you know with whatever. So I, I had a, a I went from the Mega Drive to the PlayStation to the GameCube, and. I just always used to pick up secondhand games, you know, like a year, a year after they'd launched in GameStation or what, whatever the shop was. Um, oh. And like, so I was just, you know, I'd like paying full price for a game always felt dirty to me. So now pay, <laughs> paying paying for a game and now you want more from me? What? I say, Joe, did you, when Sonic and Knuckles came out, were you like, you're not getting me like that? Like no, I'm only playing a full game. I'm not gonna, not gonna buy the plug. Do you know? Cartridge. Do you know the story? Tell you what I did when Sonic and Knuckles came out. Oh no, let's tell this story first. Yes, go on. Um, Sonic and Knuckles exists because um, Sega had made a deal with McDonald's to do a promotion <laughs> for Sonic Three and do Happy Meals, and development was taking too long. And they were like, "We have to ship this game. We've got this huge thing." And they're like, "Okay, let's cut half the zones we were going to make and Sonic Three <laughs> So Sonic 3 was meant to be all of the zones from Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles, and then they made it a second <laughs> game because of the McDonald's thing. Wow. 
So again, they were they were getting us to pay for more content. Um, no, <laughs> what I did pay. was I I I, uh, I borrowed the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge from my friend. <laughs> okay. Which flash forward to 2021, James. Thank you for lending me Miles Morales. <laughs> <laughs> the, sec- the circle continues. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should pay for the downloadable content on this one. Yeah, I won't. I mean, I've got to say, the costume stuff, I I really... It surprises no one that it was one of my favourite aspects of it. Oh, twist! Just because, like, I love... That's the kind of nerdy crap I love. In every comic book game, that's my favourite thing, is collecting all the costumes, being Scarlet Spider, and yeah. playing does, the entire game as Ben Riley. Does any character... Uh, does any superhero character have as many cool variants of spider-man and like uh, like uh, is any is any superhero's costume as adaptable into cool variants as spider-man's I mean, is i think uh, only batman comes close or iron man but all the iron man things look largely the same <laughs> oh james <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think i think iron man is a good point yeah you can, looks you like can do many versions of iron man but I just um, the 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 Spider Man basically all all you really need is the is the big the, white uh, eyes the big white eyes and a, just a, a hint of a webbing motif yeah and it works and it works well, and, it, do you know what and, and not only does it work but like fifty years well how, how when was Spider Man mm. created how how long has he been around 63. now so yeah fifty years on. There are still new iconic Spider-Man costumes being created in okay, you know in 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 various different mediums. But here's this: this is going to make James sweaty. Now you ready for this? <clears throat> when Insomniac's Wolverine game comes out, and you can put on the Weapon X outfit, <laughs> I'll be very happy with that. Or uh, the cartoon, the X-Men, <laughs> the 90- cartoon. Wolverine, or let's say yeah. let's say an X-Men '97 outfit. <laughs> now, now, Listen, now I can think of quite a lot of Wolverine variants. What about Bone Wolverine yeah. with, the, with the like blue the head scarf? Claws, Wolverine, Wolf, Fang Wolverine. The thing is, like all superheroes have lots of costume variants, yeah. but I think Spider-Man is the simplicity of his design mm-hmm. and the enduring nature of it really means you can just you know it, it's exciting to to play old ones. There are a lot of costumes in this. I want the mutagenic nightmare one with lots of arms. Yeah, right? Um, They had that Mangaverse one. It's just the variety makes it cool. And again, because you're you're able to do all these things in the game, it sort of brings those characters to life. It's like you would never get a a Ben Reilly Spider-Man game. But putting putting the costume on gives you the chance to, to play as close as you can get. I think as well... Spider-Man 2099, the Spider-Punk, yeah. Spider-Man... Spider-Punk one's fantastic. I think as well, the, like, the light-hearted nature of Spider-Man as a character works with yeah. all the costumes. If you 100% the game, you get the uh, amazing Bagman, which is Spider-Man in his underwear with a paper bag over his head, <laughs> which is from an issue of Fantastic Four. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um for the for the base costumes for the two games i i think the the miles morales one again i think struggles with the the base costume i think feels a bit basic but the, the miles morales iconography isn't quite as strong as peter parker so maybe they didn't have as much scope to play with it but like when i when i look at the suit that i'm given at the start of the 
Miles Morales game, I'm like, that's that's fine, um, but I'd rather have a, a comics accurate or a Spider Verse accurate suit. Um, they're a bit bolder on the Peter Parker game by giving him this kind of, you know, which you know, it's the suit that's on all of the marketing. This kind of new design mm. with the big white spider in. And I think it, I, I think that's another important element in defining this as a, a new Spider-Man in his own continuity. Like this is the PS4 Spider-Man. So I think, I think it's true that they've sort of created their own iconic version. I, I just wish it wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I really, I get why they put the white, the big white spider on the standard costume. Like I can see why they did it for me. It just, it, it makes him look like, you know, part of me almost French. Part of me felt like that costume was like something. It was like some weird, like Sony branding. Like it, it evokes like, so in the same way that the Spider-Man oh, yeah. movies have like the PlayStation um, typeface, there was yeah, something about just... that costume. I was like, this looks like a, playstation product it does feel like they went, we really we really need to slap our own stamp on this so it can be the sony spider-man um, yeah I, I don't have any particular affection for the design itself i just think i think they, yeah i think they do a i think they did a, a strong job of establishing that as the yeah, as the iconography for that character yeah i mean the, as soon fact, as i could change fact, it yeah the fact that you can uh, change it pretty quickly is pivotal as well. <laughs> yeah, I think there's only one part of the game where it's like, okay, you have to change into your impact suit, Spider-Man, or whatever it's called. But um, <laughs> the the one thing that I think is interesting about costumes that we haven't mentioned is that you can't play black suit in Spider-Man. There is no Venom suit Ooh. in this game. Ooh. And that, to me, signals pretty clearly where they're going with the sequel. You've got to save it for... Uh, but they've 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 announced that Venom is the sequel, James. Have, have they that? already done that? Yeah, yeah that's done. Uh, in twenty eighteen, that was not the case. I I knew even then, like wow, that's why. <laughs> to be to be fair, for me, the biggest costume transgression in um uh in the game though is Rhino's rocks on armor um in Miles Morales, mm. which is that you know Rhino uh kind of in a, in at least a couple of scenes in in this game, like very obviously like a criminal, been broken out of the raft. Um, makes friends with Krieger, um, you know, a public facing company, creates armor for Rhino that says Roxxon all over it. And then he's kind of <laughs> running all around. It just that, I don't know why that pati- it particularly irritated me. Um, <laughs> just the kind of lack of, lack of awareness. Like clearly, a, clearly an artist got handed that assignment of like, you need, you know, Rhino needs some Roxxon armor designed for him, and then to put like the logo kind of all over it, be like mm. kind of advertising that he's working for. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that Roxxon has become like a word for me in Marvel projects. That when I, when it first started popping up, I was like, "Oh, funny streg," and now I'm like, "Oh, this this just means something boring." <laughs> well, that's that, kind of the problem company. is that like one of the problems with with adapting stuff. It's like as soon as as soon as you put Roxxon on anything in any Marvel property, you go, okay, that's evil, because yeah. yeah. that is Roxxon's role in the Marvel universe I mean, is to be the big evil corporation. The problem is with it being an evil corporation in this game is that Krieger and and Roxxon is is kind of established. It's meant to be like a kind of like tech startup, you know, kind of douchey mm-hmm. douchey sort of thing. But it it's just still a big industry. It's like a big, you know, he's the kind of more like a scary industrialist 
rather than like a modern take yeah. on what is scary right. about companies yeah. like Facebook and Google. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a, an interesting yeah, aside still, for something still, for a Marvel superhero to have to deal with rather than like scary like machinery. The, they're still in the big sort of petrochemical industrialist mold. And they've really and they, to do with kind of Obadiah Stane sort of yeah, character, yeah. but like young and douchey. And it's one of those. That, that's one of those kind of very interesting, uh, thinking long term problems that uh, superhero storytelling will have to you know, see if they can get over. Because you know, with Marvel stuff you, and you know Marvel and DC stuff, you've got some of these kind of some of the branding, some of the names, some of the dynamics are established in the 50s, 60s, 70s, mm. and 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 the and the, those dynamics are, aren't different now in the in the in those universes, but they've tried to try to paint over more contemporary ideas onto them but you know i just i think that 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 gap will will just will, will only grow yeah it's only gonna it's... grow the, the gap between what what rocks on really truly is within the marvel universe because you versus have to... what a writer wants you what what a writer wants like an amazon yeah. or a tesla equivalent to be in the contempt in a contemporary story uh, but i think that's that's I, th- I find that stuff interesting um and, i think and, you and need when, you need problems that superheroes can solve with their fists right like yes. ultimately <laughs> and, and the kind of like yes, yes. i said earlier at the kind of below shoulder stuff this is a problem that video games have in general which is that all you really do in games is impress your will upon a world with by force <laughs> usually and mm-hmm. it would be good to see and i guess it sounds like you know this kind of superhero dynamic and the way it comes across in comics and game stuff like more kind of like above the shoulders like negotiation sort of stuff like how do we how do we think mm. about making that stuff interesting to a wide audience you want spider-man to go and organize a peaceful protest yeah but he works for the police so he's not interested in <laughs> <laughs> that's funny Me... though I mean, yeah that's sort of a, it, i i find that same uh tension in 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 comics it, it, you know since i've started reading them of like these characters solve problems with their fists. You know, they are they are essentially like authoritarian, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you have a probably a a in, you know across the continuum a liberal comics reading audience, you know, which which has continued. You know that that tension I find interesting. I find interesting, right? Um, well, it's why yeah. it's why you get a lot of right wing superhero fans as well because they have that weird sort of libertarian angle. Yeah, I I, I definitely felt. It feels weird at the end of the Miles Morales game where you are punching your childhood, your female childhood best friend repeatedly. Mm. Um, it just it just feels a bit weird once those two start fully wailing on each other. Um, Again, it's I, the metaphor for puberty. <laughs> <laughs> it's Reese's dream. <laughs> um, it, I just need to shout out. I think my my favorite costume in the Miles Morales game was this programmable okay. matter suit, which was like this. Oh yeah, like, it looked like the Tesla truck. Yeah, it's like <laughs> tiled, almost like solar panels, kind of. Um, really cool. I was basically from the point I got that costume, I wore it through to the end of the game. Um, so yeah, I, I think I wore Spider Punk most of the time when I got that one. I just I can't resist a leather jacket. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms Reece, of the, sorry, Reese, go on. No, no, it's, uh, on the Connor costume, I didn't say it earlier, but I, I think it was talked about when Spider Verse came out that sort of, or, or when Miles Morales was was a was a character growing in 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 interest in the in the comics, like that idea that Spider Man can be anyone and that anyone could be Spider Man. Yeah. I kind of feel like the costume stuff in this game 
it kind of it, it lets you it lets you do that right because you know you aren't you aren't you know back Josh to your point like you know they divorce the power from the costume so so and the costumes are quite diverse in terms of what they code as representing culturally mm. so it becomes about like what kind of you know hey you 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 the player you're Spider Man uh, you know yes you're Peter Parker or Miles Morales but actually you you are Spider Man you've got a mask on your face what sort of Spider-Man do you want to be? What, what culture do you want to represent? For me, the answer is Ben Riley. <laughs> <laughs> my culture is Ben Riley. You know, to, to go back to go back to my earliest point about about one of my earliest points about the about something like superhero quake. You know, back in the kind of late nineties, offering you some kind of choice. That that exactly what you're saying is a microcosm of that choice. Yeah. It is the like, how do you want to how do you want to manage this experience of being a superhero and you know, with with Spider Man as a kind of a canvas for that, you can only do so much. So much, although the the Venom abilities open up a little bit more of a kind of other aspect that you don't have as Peter Parker. Um, you know, away from some of the other powers you have. So yeah, it's a it's a. I think that's another way. One of the ways it realizes that well. It is a good point because you can be like you know the sort of homebrew street level Spider Man, or you can be super high tech programmable matter. Yeah, Mars Spider Man. Yeah, like you get cool. you get all these different options, and you can live that fantasy and you and you get your cake and eat it too, like. because spider as we've talked about spider spider-man in the in the canon mm-hmm. it, it wears many costumes but has the same power set you can kind of they don't, they don't have to sort of they don't have to fudge with the gameplay too much to let you you know basically kind of live action role play within a video game like you know elarp as the kind of <laughs> Spider-Man you want to be within the That's game, without changing the the core yeah. gameplay, but fighting it's it's. It, I do wonder whether Spider-Man is essentially like the the absolute best video game superhero, uh, you know. It, and it doesn't matter. It kind of doesn't matter how, how well you adapt another character. All of the kind of all of the alchemy of of the sort of Stanley origin Spider-Man character, it makes it makes that that. Let's explore that territory as we draw this conversation to a close. Because what, what I did want to talk about was some of the the future of this franchise and also the future of superhero gaming. Um, uh, so, uh, Rich, you're right. I'm looking at the Wikipedia now. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Two um, will um, will feature Venom and Craven the Hunter as the uh, chief antagonists. Venom is going to be voiced by Tony Todd, which is cool. Um, yeah. Who's that? Uh, he's Candyman. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and uh, and 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 yeah, I, I I wonder, you know, aside from the Venom of it all, James, and uh, and you identifying <laughs> that that suit was not available. Um, <laughs> what what kind of direction do you hope these games go in narratively? Oh, interesting. Um, I would like to see the thing. The thing that I really didn't get from this game that I think has been missing from every Spider-Man game ever is that there's not a lot of tension between his secret identity and his life as Spider-Man. Like, yeah, you don't. You don't have any. That stuff's on rails. Yeah, you don't have any restrictions. That. <sighs> of the kind that Peter Parker has. Like I talked about this earlier with the police stuff, but like in the game, as in the recent movies, being Spider-Man feels too easy. The thing I, you know, I think maybe the cat is sort of out of the bag in this case, but I think my, my dream Spider-Man game has aspects of 
stuff you have to achieve as Peter Parker that are equally important to stuff you have to achieve mm. as Spider-Man and that the two things between doing those two things it's at almost the same time. like the social link stuff from Persona like how do you want to spend this yeah. time yeah exactly like and, I would, and, I would enjoy you... seeing if you spend less time going on patrol and more time hanging out with Mary Jane, then it has consequences later on. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the sort of thing that I would like to see introduced to the game. That's I think that's more mechanic than narrative. People mm. would people would hate people would hate that. People, that, that would, I don't that know. Would... I don't know. <laughs> well, because I, I feel... if, you, if you're the if you're the Reese consumer or the Joe consumer, that those you know those sequences where you go, well, the stealth mode sequences. No, you but you, then then you can make the choice. If you make the choice to like let your personal relationships drop away for Mary Jane to leave you while you concentrate on being a superhero full time, like that's fine. That's not a fail condition. That's just I think the, uh, a narrative. The, decision. I think like the form of the current games is a result of of superheroes being popular in culture in general. I think if we were in another, let's say, a multiverse, if you will, where where Spider Man games were being produced, but superheroes were were less culturally relevant at the moment than i think you because that, that sort of gameplay is like niche like you know the kind of like the kind of life management side of things i mean i'm not saying it couldn't be done in a way that would be appealing to a larger audience but i think that, that the very action-oriented doing stuff with your fists yeah. as we've you know talked about previously is a, is a result of, of its popularity yeah and like i i enjoy in you know less i've never really played a whole persona game but in catherine which was based on the same model mm. Like I really enjoyed the investigative quality of that and the, you know, figuring out which of the characters I was going to be romantically engaged with and, you know, just investigating their backstories. Like Spider-Man has a rich supporting cast that you could do that sort of stuff with. I think the Um, problem though with James, with what you're describing, even though I'd like it to work, but I think the problem is that that that, that, that Spider-Man tension is that kind of, the, the the Peter Parker stuff in the in the in the comics is is um is boring and human and the <laughs> Spider Man stuff is fun. No, no, seriously. So 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 if you were to gain to kind of gain that out or to or to gamify that, you would have to and, and I like the idea theoretically, you know, intellectually, but you'd have to have the kind of let's say it's Spider Man in his uh like you know t- uh, school school teacher mode. You know, he teaches a class. And and there's some kind of game piece to it, but it's not that it's not that sort of fun. But it's it, you know there's a game bit to it, and you know and then you have to gain points doing that, and you lose points if you're doing the Spider-Man stuff. But the, you know, but as a, as a as a player, you just you just you'll just be drawn to the to the fun stuff, right? And 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 the the, the mundane stuff has to be <laughs> I mean, mundane not... because that's the point of the point you're making. I right? would I would be drawn to the fun stuff, and then I would feel awful that my girlfriend had left me and it's and okay then, though you can just hang out with yankee <laughs> <laughs> or that or that some That's someone i knew part. had died because of me and i would be like I i'm just saying i don't like, i don't want this responsibility <laughs> it's not up to me to make that stuff fun i, I want great power no responsibility in these games <laughs> <please>. <laughs> I just I think it would be really good if you had you know multiple love interests and you could pick between them and integrate that somehow I mean, into the game. You just want to date Gwen Stacy and MJ. That's that's just you, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. You're trying to that's do all I've ever wanted. You've just turned Spider Man into an episode of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh dear, or, or or again, one of Reese's teenage dreams. Yeah, <laughs> um, just pounding on each other. It was normal. It was normal for all of us. We were all in the same boat with these things. Um, it, it, here is what I'd like. Um, one frivolous thing is um, I would like, like, I, I, and I expect the second game for it to be, you know, kind of fifty-fifty playable between Miles Morales and Peace Parker. Um, but I would like the ability to play as not just in the costumes. I would like the ability to play as other Spider Men. I would like them to come in for it. You know, I'd like Spider Gwen to come through a portal. I'd like to be able to play as her and and you know various other characters in a Spider Man game. Um, but then I I think what I would really like is I think the thing that I enjoy a lot about these games is, as I said, that recreation of that feeling of watching the Sam Raimi movies. Um, I'd like these games to go in a direction and do something that I'm not able to see on screen or maybe even read on the page. Um, and I, I, I don't know what that is, but, you know, Into the Spider-Verse found a way through its medium to do something that it didn't feel like we'd seen from Spider-Man before. And like, I know that, that there, there are multiverse stories on the page, but it felt like it was innovative in its animation and its storytelling in, uh, you know, that, you know, when you, when I think of the final act of that movie, that's not, that, that feels like a completely unique experience. And whilst there's a lot of stuff I like in these games, I don't think there's anything that I feel like, oh, that's a completely unique new to Spider-Man thing that I've experienced right there. And I don't know what that is, but I would I would love the I would love them to kind of put their fingers on it if they can. Let, because let me, I think I think Spider-Man has the scope to to do that. Let me pitch an idea to the to the gamers in the group and Joe, even for this question, I'm actually going to invite you into that group just for now. I'll bring my controller. You know, what about like the last of us part two but spider-man right so you see you you know and it's miles morales and peter and that's i i, I haven't played that game so. right okay so, so i played the last of us i played the played last of us i played the last last of us part two when it's on a discount in the store <laughs> okay for context this is this is not a spoiler but in in that game you you the game is you know it's a long like 40 40, 45 hour game or so, long game, proper full game. But it's pretty much split down the middle and you play the first half as one character. And in the second half, you play as the the kind of antagonist uh, who you fought in the first half, sort of broadly, who who you were kind of going up against. You know, what if if you did a Miles Morales, Peter Parker, Spider-Man game where you, you know, in that mold where you played fully kind of half a full game as both of them and leading to some kind of... uh, a decision point, a conflict point. That would be interesting. Uh, and Insomniac, 10%, baby. 10% for that money, baby. <laughs> Good idea, baby. I mean, I don't think you're entirely out of the out of the realm of possibility there because I think game number two, play as Spider-Man, play as Venom, fight Carnage at the end. <gasps> Fuck. Jesus Christ. That's incredible. <laughs> That's where That's I think right. it's going. And where where does um where does Shriek play a role? Like where, where, where <laughs> her, you know what does she do in the movie? Yeah, you know we all played Maximum Carnage. It wouldn't be yeah, for yeah. her first time in the games. Do you think Green Joe will come and do the music for it again? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. 
Josh, what are your what what are your hopes and dreams? What direction would you take it in? I mean, I think that I think you need to mechanically diversify those two characters, and I think the way that you do that is mm. probably speaks to James's fantasy of of one of the character one of those two characters, probably Peter, I would guess, being or symbi- symbioted up um, as a kind of default mode. Mm. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe like a GTA five esque switch between these two characters um, oh, yeah. whenever you want and, and tackle missions Who's the in Trevor? a different way. Who's the Trevor <laughs> of the two? <laughs> well, you can play J. Jonah Jameson. He's the third character. <laughs> I just need to say GTA five tried it too big. It was too big. I couldn't. You were scared. You were terrified. I was, I was, I was genuinely was overwhelmed. Scared. And and also... I was so bad at it. <laughs> I, was just, yeah. I was just making no progress. I was How getting you lost. I was GTA dying game. all the time. You just have to like, walk and run around. I was and like, drive can, a car. I, can I trade this in and get and get the latest version of Madden, please? <laughs> I think. Um, oh, I wish to return this. <laughs> I, I think going back to that initial idea that, that I was talking about of, um, of 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 the feeling or the promise of what a superhero game is, and it's pretty much what James was saying. Really, it's the. It's the it's the making the identity aspect more meaningful to the moment to moment gameplay and but trying to do that in such a way that doesn't doesn't turn people off and I think the only way to do that is to begin to make these games something more of a you know a, an RPG um, not in the kind of you know Skyrim esque fashion. But... <laughs> uh, that's disappointing. I was about to say what like Skyrim because I, I, I would be on board with like Fallout Skyrim type super, superhero. Yeah, games. yeah. I mean that would be that would be really good. I think we're back to like superhero kind of quake or the, the kind of darkest timeline of what I was talking about, where superheroes were not as culturally relevant. So <laughs> where they people made chances and did weird games. Um, I don't know. Like I, I mean, I, I guess my hope for this is that it is it is meaningfully different from those other two games because now in a relatively short space of time, we've had two experiences, which are fundamentally the same. Um, how, from... how about, how about various different sidekicks who you can visit in their secret identities? So you, you have to turn into Peter Parker to go and have a chat with, with uh, Matt Murdock. And then when, you know, if you've leveled up your relationship substantially, you can kiss him when when you have that fight. Yeah, you can kiss him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Daredevil comes oh, and joins role, you. Role or, playing, or Wolverine comes and joins uh, you. See, that's but, you what know, I don't want. Those, I don't. You've want, had those chats. I don't want non-Spider-Man characters in in it. But what if they could kiss each other, Joe? What oh, if they, are you 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 need to think about that if for they yourself. Can kiss, if they can kiss each other, they're allowed. <laughs> Yay! I mean, um, I solved it. And then, <laughs> and, and then, just 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 before we finish, a bit of broader superhero video gaming stuff. We've mentioned that there is a Wolverine game coming from Insomniac, which I think people are insi- excited about because, well, a Wolverine's another one of those characters who you know you know it's going to be fun to play as. I mentioned this on the on the podcast. Um, I think when we were talking about this in the news section, um, I, I I really liked the bits where I got to play as Wolverine on Fortnite. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, Wolverine um, is the best superhero. Well, but Reese said it was Spider Man. I mean, he was wrong. I didn't want to say anything. Is the best, so. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolute, absolutely incorrect opinion, Josh. I'm sorry. To say. But uh, you know that that seems like a slam dunk because Wolverine is you know it's it's from Insomniac. Wolverine's a character that feels like he will be really well, well um, a really good fit for gameplay. 
and we'll you mean, be really you mean throwing people blades. through the helicopter blades? Yep. Absolutely. That's what, <laughs> X, that's what X does, no matter where you who are. Is, who is Rogue's Gallery? What's his... What, where, Cyber. How is he... Comp- LCD. Cyber does not count. What about Pierce? Pierce, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is such a crazy... Sabretooth. such a hot Sabretooth, take. Sabretooth, I mean, yeah. I think... Mystic to a lesser yeah. extent, I guess, by association with Sabretooth. Joe, Joe did say at the beginning of the podcast we, we would have bleeding edge hot takes. And I mean, <laughs> this is one of them. This is a huge well, hot take. bleeding because his claws are so sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't cut anyone. <laughs> okay, so I mean, we're looking forward to Wolverine on varying, varying levels. Um, Josh, you mentioned that Avengers game, which I understand was not very warmly received. I keep seeing trailers for a Guardians of the Galaxy game, which looks... It's out. Oh, it's out? It. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it, it was... It was actually was the... quite well. It was quite well received, actually. It's it's very linear. It's it's. I think the promise of that game was it was doing kind of a Mass Effect, you know, relationship building stuff. But I, the impression I get is that it's kind of nailed what it was doing, which was somewhat limited in scope. But it is definitely like the Guardians we have at home um, in terms of like <laughs> the kind of looks. But th- apparently, the dialogue and everything is very good. Um, it's okay. just a very straightforward adventure. It sounds like it's probably worth checking out if you like that sort of thing. Are we? But are we just? Are we gonna get an increasing wave of superhero games that are on this? That are on the blockbuster game scale. I mean, I, like probably because this stuff isn't going anywhere, right? I mean, like the games do nothing if not chase what is you know popular in general society, which is why we're subjected to years upon years of um, you know war games to to mirror the, the kind of appetite for uh, gun based action movies, but. Um, I, I guess so, like to varying degrees. I just hope that they are ambitious. Well, but it's, a, it's interesting. Why, to, uh, why was the Avengers game so bad? Because I, I, I haven't heard from anyone who enjoyed playing that. It was kind of created to be like a service model. So there's a lot of like replaying the same sort of areas. Um, and I think what people expect from a superhero thing is a good story. And this was a game that was very much about replaying content you know, they're not it, not frontlining a single player story. There were definitely elements of story, but the idea that you you pick what character of the Avengers you want to play and you just kind of drop in, um, okay, and, and play through it and repeat it. And I think that again, the promise of that is the synergy between the the mechanical synergy between the different characters. But you know, you kind of want to play all the Avengers at the same time because mm. that's how they do things for the most part. I think just like rolling around is like Hulk and Hawkeye. It's like you know, as we've discussed earlier, Hawkeye not the most exciting character, perhaps. So it is kind of interesting, you know, slash curious that in the period since what well, Iron Man one comes out in oh eight, right? Oh eight, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so that's you know that's a you know, thirteen years. That's a that's a that's a good span of time. The same dominance in games of you know from superhero IP has not happened. You know, there is not an equivalent of the what, mm. what what you see in Hollywood output in in games and and it's not it's not for lack of trying and it's not for lack of sort of you know you know as as discussed on this episode that we that uh, video games have adapted comics for you know forty years since comics since video games existed so it's kind of interest it's interesting that you know you know and the most recent example the Avengers game you know that big that huge budget um, Square Square Enix 
Josh, yeah, is it? or yeah. is it IDOS? Right, like big budget, lots, you know, lots of spend, licensed, you know, all this sort of stuff, and and it, and it, and it's 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 basically unsuccessful. And I think I think um, partially that is because the, the the model the model of game development which produces the best scenario superhero games, which is like Spider Man, right, which is a big single player thing with like um you know cutscenes and like a well developed story and, a, and, a, and an open world and all of this sort of stuff is the is not the best business model for games at the moment it's this and that is why avengers fails because it tried to be more of a service-based thing that tried to partition its content so it could sell you more characters and levels and all this other sort of thing and it, it's mm. there's a kind of misalignment between what makes a good superhero game and what can practically be produced and you know only sony really are at the forefront of making these sort of big single player experiences while you're seeing um you're seeing that's where you're seeing spider-man come out of sony basically um and although you know although you look at you know you look at um gta or um or, or, you know horizon or uh you know uh, I just had a double in my head. I can't remember. You know, there are there are like or Assassin's Creed was the, was the one. Mm. You know, you got you got you know you got massive studios across you and a broad selection of studios, kind of all moving towards open world game. You know, that's where the money feels like it's sort of headed. That's where the industry feels like it's headed for the moment, or, and for 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 years back. And yet, sort of superhero um, stuff, which feels like it could it could apply to that hasn't 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 been a part of that conversation mm. in recent years uh, the money's there the interest is there and, and the technology is there and it's sort of i think it's interesting that it hasn't it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to be there yet that's my point there, there we go that's my <laughs> that's, that's the thought that's the thinking uh, i've got nothing past that uh you know i think we can wrap it up you know that's that's it that's what i got that's all we got <laughs> does uh does anyone have any final thoughts before we do uh move on to uh our final section i'm good spider-man no, good. spider-man <laughs> good we like spider-man is cool he's cool like swinging he's cool we've guy. always the best. Of it. character but the game is right. No, it's the, it's the best character. It is, though. It is the one best one. <laughs> okay, uh, James, any any comic book recommendations off the back of that? A bit of a weird I mean, one. I don't Marvel know. did a whole Marvel did a whole bunch of gameverse comics that were set in the universe of this Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I don't want to read them either, uh, <laughs> but they are out there. <laughs> okay, so that's a recommendation of what not to read this week, listeners. <laughs> We will move on to our final section, which is the pitch. And Reese, I believe you've got a, you've got a pitch for us, right? So, so the obvious pitch is, um, uh, you know, a video game uh, based on a, on a comic book character. Except I'm not doing that. Instead, I'm saying, hey, there's this Batman restaurant. It sucks. <laughs> pitch <I> me, <laughs> pitch, pitch me a better restaurant, different character. Let's go. We're starting with. Twist, Joe. Garfield. Great. It's just it's just lasagna. It's closed on Mondays. Um, and all the waiters are called John and you can abuse them as much as as much as you want. Is it is it pet friendly? Uh it's a cat, but that, that son of a bitch Odie. No way. Son I've got of to a say, bitch. It's really strong. Uh, the two of I mean, you literally 
that you guys that's you have to beat that you have to beat, they're genuinely really good and joe usually these pitches it sucks he sucks but that was really fucking good and and i'm gonna come now i'm gonna just mix it up josh i'm coming to you next gosh i'm like i'm struggling my immediately my immediate um thought was just to I think it was just like Charlie Brown, but I don't know what Charlie. I feel like Charlie Brown would eat something that would be very sort of like um, I don't know, like some kind of mush or like something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's wonderful. A pumpkin. That's not a restaurant. <laughs> So it's yeah, mush it's just... and, and peppermint patties, Josh? Is that the, is that the No, for, so, the, for some, there is something about the, the just general character of peanuts in general. Well, yeah, you eat peanuts. Peanuts, peppermint so, patties and deep fried beagle. <laughs> there, there's something about just the general vibe of Charlie Brown that I think everyone just eats kind of gruel or just something like kind of unpleasant. And I, I think that that unpleasantness could be communicated quite well through cuisine. <laughs> okay, I like it, James. What about you? Uh, I just, I just, I just think there should be an X Men themed pub where okay. there's a Wolverine cosplayer sitting in the corner uh-huh. drinking a beer, and you can go and have a chat with him about whatever's ailing you, and he'll go, "Well, you he think just, you've got it just bad." Just tells you to fuck off. Yeah, no, he just says like, you know, you think you've got it bad. I'm 150 years old, and my and I'm know, love by is Cyclops. in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my my previous girlfriend was murdered by a guy who was like twice my size. And uh, I think you missed that the by a samurai part, which is the, which is yeah. the, mo- the mo- most impressive bit, right? <laughs> yeah, he lived through World War II. Doesn't remember huge chunks of his life. And you just, you know, God. you have a beer a with there. Wolverine and then you feel better about yourself. That's more of like a bummer than of... eating mush with Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Josh, you're, you're, one, you're one sucked. Uh, but James, I like the, <laughs> I like the idea of like, like there's the sign on the front, it's like a big like X-Men pub. And then you go in and then you, and then you kind of to quickly realize that the only X-Men thing, the single X-Men thing only is that there's a guy in, in a Wolverine costume sitting at the end of a bar <laughs> Who's gonna be a real downer, and that's the only thing you'll, <laughs> the only thing you'll ever get out of the, out of the pub. That's I love that. That is good. Um, but the win still goes to goes to Joe. That was a, you know, I mean, in Lausanne, as soon as he said that, I was like, I mean, no one's hard. gonna beat that. This. Makes a lot of sense. The punk is got more the recording. I got the, uh, Don't need it. Don't need it. Ninja Turtles pizzeria would be great. Yeah, that's um, good too. Maybe maybe uh, Popeye has like a, a vegan place for the gym yes. on the side. I'm here all day. This is you finally found my niche. Yeah, because <laughs> you it's taken I've seven years of this podcast, I've, but I finally like feel for the last year of these pitches, you, you like you've just you've just uh you've just labored face palmed. <laughs> this is good stuff. This, this is, is good. good <laughs> okay. Um all right. Well I, I will be uh having recessed teenage dreams of lasagna tonight. Um why do we make this weird? It's normal for me. It was a normal thing. Um <laughs> uh, hiding in a shooting, shooting web, shooting webs that you had. Shoot, 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 spoosh. It's normal. It's just normal right. stuff. <laughs> Josh, thank you very much for joining us uh, and, and, and lending your expertise. Um, where can our listeners find you and uh, and your ventures online? Or, or, or I don't know, maybe they maybe they want to um, sneak into the back of a lecture for free. <laughs> 
I might just be talking about Spider-Man again in some, there'll probably be some like thought in the back of my head that occurred to me during this, uh, during this podcast that I'll just like use, I'll just recycle it basically <laughs> and just use it. Leave it, it all on the pitch. You have yeah. to say it now. Leave it all on the friggin' pitch, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, if you go, now I have to try and remember the website for my podcast, which is, um, uh, which is tilldeath.libsyn.com. Uh, Till Death Will Suppress Start is the name of the podcast. Um, you can find uh, us on Twitter at tdups, T-D-D-U-P-S. Um, I'm on Twitter as Infinite Rockets, but um, that's mostly me posting about university stuff. So probably <laughs> a bit boring for most of your listeners, but I'm there. I exist. But not if you want to sneak into one of the back of the lectures. Uh, no, but if you message me, I, I could, I'll bore you privately about things, which is also one of Reese's <laughs> dreams, apparently. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so yeah, uh, listeners, uh, do check that out, especially if you are a self-professed gamer like Reese. Um, <laughs> I love games. I just don't. I don't play any of them. I love them. I'm a gamer. I don't play them. I bet you still. I bet you still read the Wikipedia articles of all the big games with the spoilers. That don't. Oh you? my god. I. I mean, I read Wikipedia plot articles of like movies that I'm going to see on Sunday on the Friday yeah. morning. I'm sick. I've got a sickness. I need to be put into some kind of a clinic. Is there something wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that that is the end of this week's show. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to hear our Hawkeye episode recaps, uh, head to patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe. You can subscribe for $3 a month to get all of that bonus content and um, and all of the archive of that as well. Um, if you enjoyed this episode on the main feed, then please do subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Uh, if you get want to get in touch with us, we are at cine underscore verse on Twitter. I am at Joe Cunningham 14. James is at James Hunt. Um, also on tw- Twitter this week, there has been um, to uh, coincide uh, with what would have been his birthday, a bit of a celebration of Seb. Um, if you head, to, if you uh, type in hashtag Seb Patrick's Day, you'll find lots of lovely content about Seb um, on that hashtag, and also uh, links to donate to the Trussell Trust in his honour. Uh, so I would uh, encourage you to to head and uh, head to Twitter and give all of that a look. Um, if you uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us to uh, podcast at cinematicuniverse.com. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks on the main feed, uh, every week on Patreon doing Hawkeye. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. See you later. Hello, Peter. Cinematic Universe returns in two weeks' time with Spider-Man No Way Home. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.